this is the Criterion Creeps podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. RJ Maylog. And we're just two guys who have no other choice now to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order of release. This week, we're hipping and a hopping and a sabotaging and sure shotting as we watch spine number 100 in the Criterion Collection, the Beastie Boys video anthology released in 2000. But first, RJ, how about that new opening song for the podcast? Huh? <laughs> pretty, pretty, pretty great, right? Yeah, uh, that song that we definitely worked on together, and uh, a lot of months, a lot of time has been put on into this new opening song. Um, I did the composition. Uh, I made it. Uh, you just edited it in, which is usually the fashion here. But uh, yeah, I worked really hard on that, and uh, I hope people like it because it's definitely a thing that I know about, and I'm not just <laughs> hearing for for the first time. That's right. Uh, yeah. Yes, uh, RJ has no idea what the new opening track sounds like. Uh, it is from uh, a secret friend of the show, friend of mine, <gasps> uh, goes by Ugly Cry Club, Ooh. and uh, so this gives something for RJ to look forward to. Um, when he downloads the episode later on tonight. I don't listen I, to these after episodes. I, after I've edited and thrown it up. Oh, you do. And you listen at 1.5 speed. The- uh, actually, uh, so I looked. It's actually 1.3 or 1.4 because mm. 1.5 is actually a little too fast. But you know what's weird? When I sometimes it like resets and it's just normal speed and I hear us talking, it's like there's no way we talk that slow. But oh, I guess we do. Well, yeah. It's mostly you. Me. I have a yeah. slow thoughtful way of thinking that, yeah 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 uh yeah i'm gonna check out this new song <laughs> yeah it's gonna be great mm, it better not be weird i know you like all that weird stuff <laughs> well if it huh okay okay yeah it's it's it'll be a surprise it's we'll uh, see. it's a valentine's gift to you honey uh is this a, a permanent fixture or is this I, a, I, a 100th oh, spectacular no. oh no well it'll it'll be ongoing all right. No. So at uh, when we hit 200, are we going to do uh, another new intro? Who knows? Maybe. Is this like seasons? Is this the end of season one? Yeah. And no, it's like it's the beginning of the new thing. I don't fucking know. I could have saved it for episode 100 because that's coming up. That's like like that's four, pretty like soon. Less than four. It's like something like four months away. Spine 100 is an accomplishment, I think. I think so. Hey, you know what's pretty cool? I'm going to show you. People can't see. But you know how I write my notes in a, a book? Yeah. I, Check I, this I, out. I recognize that childlike scrawl. Check this out. Whoa. The Spine 100 was the last page of my notebook. Whoa. So this uh, this will be Criterion Creep, Creeps Volume 1. That is a lot of butts drawn in that from what I saw. Oh, there's that's at least half of the pages. <laughs> and yeah. I, I noticed a revenge list. <laughs> oh, uh, my uh, to kill list? Yeah. Yeah. Gentlemen to evil. <laughs> Uh, that, that's actually you know what i do whenever i get a new phone i go to the notes and uh i i always type in murder my enemies as my number one note so that just in case anyone ever finds my phone they know i don't fuck around that's right yeah um mm. yeah it was kind of weird i had a like uh non close friend conversation about the podcast come up and it was like it really threw me through a loop because uh one of uh your gal's friends mentioned something because they're asking like what do i do on mondays when i am not at work and i'm like "Eh, have lunch watch a movie oh for the podcast and i was like what the fuck i'm like oh yeah 
I guess. <laughs> like, I, I suppose. They don't I, listen, though, right? They just know that you do it. I don't Nobody listens know. to this podcast. I, well, the the numbers don't lie. We're, we, we, we've got well, where some, are they? We've made some gains. They're all they're all silent. Even our mm-hmm. uh, our like our dudes who have sent us emails in the past. They, the friends of the been, show. They're busy with lives. They're living life. Maybe I think they're still listening. Perhaps, but uh, they're watching mm-hmm. those movies. But I don't know. They're not writing emails. That's okay. That's cool. Well, I wish I wish someone would. I mean, look, maybe, we hit spine one hundred. Maybe, maybe maybe the like Criterion listener is a more contemplative, uh, introverted type, and uh, they they don't they're not. Out there to, you know, signal, hey, I'm such a fan. It's really about me. Uh, so they're, they're, I mean, how many times have you emailed, like, a podcast in your life? Uh, once. 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 Yeah. And uh, I regret doing it every day. Every I, day. I, I think I've done it once, maybe twice. And that's it. That is yeah, but we're we're not like a normal podcast, Jared. Look how fun and bubbly are we are. We're so, super inviting, especially you, because you're not like criticizing or sarcastic or harsh on uh, viewers and uh, movies and uh, comment feedback. Yeah, it's not like we like have a whole uh, thing in our podcast dedicated to like stupid shit people say online, making, making fun of people, make real like judgments. We make we judge people. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'll never make fun of someone who emails into the show. Mm-hmm. Jarrett might, oh, but right. I wouldn't. I I like all of our feedback, and I really what I really miss though is uh, hateful feedback. That like, was a uh, good one. Yeah, the, the, the a negative review that was like that that really bugged you. You uh you didn't let that oh. talk for a long time. Oh, that guy's such an asshole though. <laughs> what a dink. Oh, anyone with a cursory interest in f- cinema, <laughs> shut up. Shut. Nobody up. cares shut, about that. Shut up, geek. Yeah. Shut up, nerd. Yeah. Yeah. Anywho, uh, so we're recording this on Valentine's Day night. Uh, yeah, we've got our ladies locked up, uh, compartmentalized. They know, <laughs> they know what the score is. Podcast comes first. Yeah, it, uh, the Pods it's kind of four broads. <laughs> yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, you're you're usually not funny, but that wasn't bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's it was kind of sad actually because. Uh, Andrea just knew it was Wednesday. She's like, "Oh, you got to do your podcast tonight, huh?" And she, like, she she didn't even say anything. She's like, "I guess you'll I'll see you in a couple hours, Valentine." It was, it's it's like a sad acceptance, you know, like disappointed. And then you face palmed her. Oh, I pushed her down the stairs. Yeah, but they're carpet, so you bounce. Yeah, well, there's the carpet burn. Carpet burn. Well, whatever. Yeah. You ain't, you ain't growed up if you don't have a carpet burn. Damn right. Uh, yeah, there's abuse, so good. Yeah, there's a uh, few things I would rather be doing over this. Oh. Actually, that's not what I meant. I meant there's so much I would rather be doing than this because I can't find a more horrible way to be spending any any holiday. <laughs> oh, um, our. Uh, the musician behind our new opening credits, uh, they just sent me a message saying, I had a friend trying to convince me I should watch Lo Ventura because everybody hates it, but it's my favorite movie. I told her after your take on it, I will not be watching it. Uh, was that my hot take? That that movie fucking sucks? Wow, I think we were both like, <laughs> nope. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. No. Uh, yeah, it's not good. It's not a good movie. It's boring. Mm-hmm. It sucks. Like so- another movie I watched later that we'll talk about. Yeah. So, RJ, I'm, like, full of surprises. 
Is this is this where you show me like where you hit it all the bodies? All the bodies. All the Kinda. bodies. So and it's you do your dance to the Goodbye Horses song. So right now I am making my first 100 Criterion Creeps list ranked public. Whoa, you're making it public, eh? Yep, finally. I'm going I'm going to check this bad boy out and sporadically over the show I'm going to interrupt about uh, how you were wrong on either this thing or that thing. This is it. It's it's live. It's, it's up live? There. Yeah. This, is, this is one of my other little surprises I had up my sleeve. It's, it's, it's been a slow build. I've been promising it. It's really, really interesting, I'm sure, to absolutely fucking nobody because no one should listen to anyone's opinions. Ah, stop, I see. Stop, stop podcasting is what I'm trying to say. I see. Uh, there's some uh, deep cuts here. Some things that I believe are higher than they should be. Some things that I believe are lower than they should be. Uh, one thing is unanimous. We both agree. Passion of uh, Joan of Arc is the number one hot pick out of the Criterion first 100. Mm-hmm. That's pretty fresh. Mm-hmm. Fresh to death. Uh, I see Salo isn't last, which is wrong. <laughs> um, well, hey, at least, you know what? Our bottom... Fu- uh, your bottom 10 and my bottom 10 have five of the same movies. There you go. So we're on to something here. Yep. Hmm, interesting. Interesting. Yep. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to peruse this at my own uh, <laughs> okay. my own discretion throughout the show. Yeah. So. Oh, f- fishing with John 52? Are you fucking out of your mind? That's about where I put it. You animal. <laughs> All right. Whatever. Yeah, well, anyway, hey, RJ, before you uh, start sneaking around on there, you got to tell us what you've been creeping on. Ooh, shit. Uh, yeah, multitasking. Much, to be honest. Yeah, you've like really uh, picked it up. This is going to be a big episode, I think. There's like lots to talk about, lists and it, it will be music. It's it's a big episode. Um, I and I think I did creep on too much this week because I usually don't have this much. Well, while you're uh, while, while you're figuring that out, uh, I should also thank uh, uh, artist Petite Petite who actually supplied us with the original song of uh, the podcast. Because uh, at one point I was just like, "Oh, don't I'll just use Radiohead's Creep. That seems uh, spot on." But it's like, "Oh yeah, we don't own that." <laughs> and yeah, we would have got taken and, down. Well, yeah, fast. Tom, Tom York would have uh, swept our legs and fucking just mounted us and fucking laid in mm-hmm. the fucking elbows. So, yeah, uh, thank you, Petite Petite. I don't think you know who Tom York is, because I'm pretty sure he doesn't do stuff like that. I saw a kid at the university like a week ago who <laughs> yeah. like looks like a young uh, Tom York. It was you like, call him Radiohead. Uh, hey, I'm sure. Oh fuck! I'm hey, sure Radiohead. And fucking slap him in the head. <laughs> uh, radio's not working. Slap, slap, slap. Yeah. What's no, up, paranoid android? Like, I'm sure it's like that's a look though. I mean. If you're gonna look like anybody, yeah. I'd rather look like Tom York than uh, some some crumb bums. Vagoda. <laughs> no one looks like that anymore. That's like that's yeah. been bred out of like these new generations. Unfortunately, yeah. Unfortunately. So hey, yeah. Thanks uh, for that song. Uh, you know what? I like listening to that at one and a half speed. It's fun to sped up oh, yeah. our old intro. Well, yeah, you should try it out sometime. It's, so it's 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 benched. It's uh, you know, it's not retired. It, it'll, it, it'll it could be it'll, used. It'll, at it can a, pop up yeah. when when need be. Um, yeah, but uh, exactly. you know, things change. Uh, I often find that when you're listening to a podcast or anything like that, and you have that the theme song change, it can be like, oh, what the fuck is this shit? And, mm-hmm. and then over time, you just get used to it. And then when you go back, you're like, oh yeah, that was the old theme. It can be mm-hmm. all sorts of things like that. Nobody cares that much about our podcast, but they sure don't. Anyway, so I got some movies I watched, Jared. Mm-hmm. And uh, the reason I watched so many movies this week was because 
And the reason I wasn't watching movies earlier is because uh, Andrea and I were watching Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. I like saying Game of Thrones instead of Game of Thrones. Um, yeah, we. Uh, I got her interested in it, so I actually caught up. I've completely given up hope that he will ever finish those books. Yeah. So uh, I was like, whatever, I'll uh, keep watching. Uh, I'm not going to talk about that because we don't need to, no. but uh, it's... It's very good. It's it's a great great story, man. Some, some um, of the best action stuff you'll ever some see. Of, some of the best shit ever. Uh, it was interesting watching it like in one big burst. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I had seen the first five seasons, I believe, or four. First four, and then a couple episodes out of season five. Right. So uh, I knew what was coming there, but having seen later on and like reading the books, what comes later um i've come to the conclusion that i think george r R. martin is actually a pretty good plotter Mm -hmm. uh some people say he is predictive i don't think so i think in some areas he is but there's some areas too where he actually laid some pretty subtle hints at things that like you wouldn't expect to to come back later like um in the first episode there's talks about like the faceless men and assassins and stuff like that and it's like oh that's neat like that that came back even though it wasn't like a a like a big address thing in the first three, four seasons even. So uh, there was some cool stuff like that. Um, You really notice the recastings. There's like three or four of major characters that get recast. I think the mountain got recast three times. Yeah, I think so. Or recast twice. Three different people played him. Uh, So that was interesting. And then uh, the last season uh, made me so mad. Because of the dumb shit that was going on, and I hated it, but whatever. Well, that's it's a, still, that's inter- a tale but it's for a still entertaining. Day. It's still entertaining. Yeah. I just, it's dumb. It, it it's really, really bummed dumb. me out, and I was like, why is this happening? Like, whose yeah. fucking idea was that? It's so stupid. Yeah. But uh, anyways. So, anyways. Uh, so I watched some other movies. I finished that Cloverfield Paradox. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's actually kind of funny that I was talking about how, like, I had watched the first half. I was yep. like, it's fine. Whatever. It's not... I was like, it's not that bad. It's not great or anything. The last half is really bad. It's um, they set up like all this stuff where it's like, it's almost like um, Event Horizon, like Hellraiser type stuff. Sure. Where it's just like, it's like they find something sewn into another guy, and they're like, whoa! And then there's like, uh, dismembered limbs walking around, and you're like, whoa! Uh, so they set up all this stuff. But then there's no payoff to any of it. There's no real explanation other than because uh, this is – is this a Blumhouse or – No. It's th- just uh, Netflix, right? Yeah, because this was – oh, God, whatever uh, Bad Robot, uh, then uh, un- yeah, yeah. Universal maybe. And then they sold – I mean they sold it to Netflix for yeah. – so. yeah, the only reason I brought that up was because it had some uh, Blumhouse Skype uh, throughout <sighs> this uh, movie. There was a lot of Skyping and the only explanation – for any of this stuff is a uh, Donald Logue via Skype talking about how it's like, Hey, you got to be careful trying out new energies. You could make a paradox, a uh, rift between dimensions. <laughs> and uh, that's the only, exp- it's like two seconds. And that's like the only explanation. And then there's lots yeah. of others. Um, no, the second half is pretty bad. They set up all this stuff and none of it really pays off and none of it is even really entertaining or anything like that. Yeah. Because you're the whole time you're watching, you're like, who fucking cares? Like, there's this lady who, like, one of the rooms fills up with water and then uh, the hall bre- breaks and the water freezes instantly. And you're like, oh, no. But you're like, I don't care. It's like, I saw that person for, like, a second. Like, who gives a shit? So uh, the, the back end of Cloverfield Paradox is pretty bad. It's, it's, not, it's not good. 
Yeah. I, I see why they dropped it on Netflix. I just they shouldn't have wasted their money on that Super Bowl ad too. But I guess it 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 worked because it it's, worked. It's it, everyone watched it even yeah. though it was shit. Yep. So well, anyway, but that's the thing is like all these people watched it just because it's like, oh man, I want to be in on this, and then there's no reviews beforehand. Yeah. Like, but I mean, now it's dead. Now it's probably a done deal. Like, yeah. but I mean, I'm sure they got their viewership worth. I'm not sure how it translates to Netflix bucks or whatever. There, nobody knows is. how Netflix but, oh, works. So you, like, this is kind of jumping the gun, but there's like that weird news story I saw that like Netflix is trying to get that Ryan Murphy dude to come and do like Netflix shows and they're like going to throw like hundreds of millions of dollars at him the rumor is and I'm like how valuable is this fucking guy who like I'm pretty sure I've like seen like almost nothing of and what I've seen Ryan Murphy? Yeah like American Horror Story American Horror Story Glee terrible terrible yeah okay so regardless of how you view Glee and American Horror Horror Story they are successful shows yes but and I, then, I, don't, I don't know uh, if they're that he, successful though. Like where you're gonna, hey, he was. Do you want 100? Well, he's he's also like the, the producer on that new season of American uh, Crime Story. Uh, yeah, the, the isn't that one. his show too? That yes. Yeah, so he he has shows that like make money, I guess, or people talk about that. Or I talk guess, about, or at least yeah, he generates buzz. But it seems like yeah, there's like one, some podcast was talking about him in this like real hushed tone of like he's just this genius and he's like everyone wants to work with him like. I don't even give a fuck. Like, who cares about this dude? Like, I don't know. Like, I'm just like not plugged in, I suppose. Uh, but like, to yeah. me, it just seems like he, this is like shit. But it seems like he's famous and successful. So everyone wants to work with him. I'm like, oh, that seems like a really terrible reason to be in the industry other than, I guess, to make money, which I guess everybody's in to do it because it's business. But hey, Jared, I don't I'm know if weird. you know this, but uh, a lot of people who are shitty and bad at stuff and make really bad movies or TV. Are, are successful and well and like, and they're sought after even though they like, are they do suck and they're see, bad see also max landis yeah exactly that dude got fucking four million dollars for that bright script so like i don't know a lot of people suck but it doesn't mean their movies don't get made anyway okay. what were we talking about Clover, cloverfield Parish <laughs> okay. Clover, shit. cloverfield paradox isn't no. good whatever People, it's too late for everyone else. I was gonna watch it anyways because I like aliens, but mm-hmm. there's fucking hardly any aliens in this shit at all, and that's yep. a bummer. Uh, so next up, uh, I watched a Jarrett pick. Mm-hmm. Some more. Oh no, '60s sci-fi. Little oh, Planet of the Vampires. Oh, that's very. That's actually a, a coincidence, kind of, with Beastie Boys, but. Yeah, that's what I thought. So uh, I won't talk about this movie too much because you have talked yes. about it. Maybe it might have been on a ghoul school. Yeah, I'm pretty sure but, it was. Uh, I know you've talked about this. Uh, this movie's wicked. Uh, it is. It looks fucking amazing. That's it's the really well thing shot. I recommend about it is the costume yeah. design and the yeah. And uh, it's definitely like I think this is the one people say Alien took a lot of uh, like. Uh, things away from and it, it's you can tell what i noticed most that alien took from it is like the silence and the atmosphere because there's lots of shots of like the ship just kind of like on the planet or wherever they are and it's just kind of like smoky and it's just kind of it's just silent like there's not really any music or it's like this really soft score behind it right um and i think that is really cool uh it's good uh all the dudes walking around they they have 
like their plans make sense. It's not the ch- it's not like a cheesy sci-fi thing. Uh, yeah. The vampires are cool when they yeah. come out of the uh, their like little tombs. That's pretty rad. The giant, um, and the, mon- the giant aliens, the giant alien yeah. skeleton, which I'm pretty sure Ridley Scott was like, ooh, mm-hmm. baby, um, that's wicked. And then uh, one thing, uh, my favorite thing is uh, their outfits. They're like these leather daddy suits, and the collars go up to like their yeah. ears. Look up, uh, look up Grant Morrison new X Men costumes. Yeah, and like they're yeah. they're full on those costumes, and like which I yeah. thought was like, oh man, like these costumes would work so well still in movies. But I guess yeah. like now everything's leather and everyone's serious, so everything kind of looks like that. But this is still kind of like that kind of campy sci fi yeah. look. But at the same time, it's also kind of like played straight. It it actually it looks practical because mm-hmm. like so when you first see it the collar is so high up the head you're like what why is it so high but then they put their leather helmets on too and you're right. like oh it fits around their whole head yeah it's like that makes sense yeah this is practical yeah so uh no um I was just gonna say I think that movie is uh, super good uh so a little you, you bo- talked a, a little boring a little slow it but, is yeah but... it's, I mean it's not an all time banger but it's yeah. pretty cool and it's really yeah. nice to look at yes. So, uh, yeah, you talked about it before, and that's it. Yep. So, me and Andrea went on a riot this week watching them Oscar films. <whistles> so, uh, first up, we watched Lady Bird mm-hmm. um, by Greta Gerwig, which you uh, re- told your tale of dudes getting handies or in the movie theaters. jobs, potentially. Ugh. Don't say that. What? You made it so much grosser. Okay. Well, you you were in the theater and you heard someone get pleasured by another person yeah. to Lady Bird, which I find a little bit inappropriate. A little bit. A little bit, especially because this is like a tad. Isn't this like this is like PG thirteen Lady Bird, right? Uh, yeah, pretty much. I think so. Yeah, it, so it, feel, it feels PG thirteen. Those people ran a pretty big risk of being labeled sex offenders for life uh, because of this. Um, which I don't even know. There's nothing like hot and steamy in this movie. So that's uh, it's weird. But so anyways, we watched Lady Bird. Uh, I knew uh, Andrea would like it. Mm-hmm. It's an Andy pick for sure. And she did. She yep. really liked it. Uh, out of everything we watched so far, this has been her favorite movie. Uh, she thinks this is the current top spot for her pick for best picture right now. Out of the one we she's seen about half of uh the nominated ones so um i also really liked lady bird uh i thought it was really good i i think greta gerwig is like is she married to noah bombach uh or are they they're just, not married they just, they're they're they've been in a relationship for a while okay uh it's it's really clear um you can tell the way i would describe her is like she's got like the wes anderson quirkiness but without some of the aesthetics like without the that's kind of Noah Baumbach though too because he yeah, yeah that's why because I I I don't just think they were dating or like I don't think that I'm misreading that they were married I thought they were involved or maybe they just worked together or something mm-hmm. but she's she's a lot like Noah Baumbach where a lot of the characters dialogue and like the things that they do like uh, there's things like um, the one Andrea pointed out was. The lady bird's like at, talking to her friend. She's like, can I borrow a pen? And she's like, yeah. And she like turns around and it's like a huge backpack. And she's like, it's in there. It's like that seemed like a, a Wes Anderson thing, like an earlier on one, like just the motions that they do. So there's like the the way people interact and their dialogue and stuff like that. It's very Wes Anderson. It just doesn't have his uh, visual uh, striking 
presence. There's, but there's also she, a naturalism in the performances too, which is yes. not Wes Anderson-ish. Yeah, he, Wes Anderson's a little bit more like stylized. Fanta- yeah, stylized and fantastic. This one's a little bit more grounded, yep. and like she, she, she just has a different like aesthetic, right? Like, uh, when does this movie take place? Like 2004 or something like that? 2002. 2002. Yeah, cause it's it like, feels like it. Yeah. So like when you watch it, like every like the way people are dressed, and uh, I thought it was really funny that that Dave Matthews song was playing like a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, I get it, man. I get it. Uh, no, I really liked it. I think uh, what's her name, Sarce Ronan, whatever. Yeah. Uh, she's very good. Um, Aunt Jackie from Roseanne, she was wicked good. And here's the one thing I, I really liked about Ladybird too is uh, their family dynamic. I thought was really believable. Like I thought they had really good chemistry together, all those characters. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the biggest marks for this movie is that if it felt like the characters were really comfortable with each other and it made their performances believable, mm-hmm. which is unlike another movie I watched later, but we'll get to that. Starring one of the same characters. Starring one of the same, same actors. Yeah. yeah. And I was actually going to say, I've noticed this fucking weird thing that happened this year. So, uh, in this, in Lady Bird, you have that Timothy Chalamont or whatever. Uh, so he's in this and he's in call me by your name. Uh, but then also we have uh, Caleb Landry Jones, mm-hmm. who is in three billboards uh, outside Ebbing, Missouri. Oh, I didn't know he was in he that. He is in Get Out, and he is in The Florida Project, which isn't oh. nominated for Best Picture. Mm-hmm. But this dude's in three of like. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So he, uh, uh, I'm done with Lady Bird. I liked it. Andrea really liked it. You talked about it before. Too. Yeah. I mean, so, I thought it was f- good. Uh, I mean. It seemed like that type of movie. I'm not surprised Andrea liked it a lot. Um, yeah, it's definitely an Andy pick. Yep, totes. So, uh, so the, I'll go to three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. This is not a Jarrett pick. Um, so, yeah, the, the reason I brought it up because like Caleb Landry Jones, uh, he's got a pretty big role in this one. Florida Project, he doesn't, and then. Uh, Get Out, he's got a pretty big role in that, too. So I was like, man, he he had a pretty fucking impressive, like... And Twin Peaks. And Twin Peaks, yeah. He had a really big year. Like, he's uh, picking the right projects, I guess, or something. He's, but, he's, the, it, he's the it man. I mean, look at look at that face. <laughs> look at that face. I He he has a striking appearance. He looks right? different than other people. He looks different from other people. And he, and he oozes scummy. <laughs> But yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm waiting for the uh, reinvention <laughs> where it's like he's suddenly we're being convinced that he's like he's on GQ and he's like, wow, look at him. He's so hot. And I'll be like, maybe. maybe. I don't know. He's been acting for a long time. He's, he's been I've around seen, for a while. Yeah, like five, ten years at least. Yeah. So but anyways, um, I just thought it was funny that there's like all this crossover this year with these actors that are different things. I think they should make a new nomination spot for combined roles so caleb landry jones could have been nominated instead of uh the other the best hustle award yeah yeah exactly so okay what was i talking about okay yeah three Three billboards billboards outside ebbing missouri uh who made this fucking movie martin Uh, mcdonough is that uh, the in bruges guy yeah Yeah, so you don't like in bruges hey no i i remember uh I saw the trailer ages ago, and I was like, "Oh, that looks that movie looks super sh- like obnoxious and shitty." And like, it looked to me, it looked just like Boudonk Saints, that type of thing. Yeah. And then 
all these people I know, like, all talked about how awesome it was, how funny, smart, and, like, it's, like, they just loved it. And they're, like, this is a total cult classic movie. Fight Club believe. Syndrome. They loved it, loved it, loved it. And then, finally, I was, like, fine, I'll watch it. And then I watched it, and I was kind of, like, that was really just fine at best. I would never watch it again. Uh, at that yeah. time, like, it was, like, Colin Farrell was a pretty easy guy to dislike. The guy's just, like, like, he's coming to his own now, and now he's, like, quite good especially when mm-hmm. working with Yorgos and um mm-hmm. so yeah I don't know I, at that time I was kind of like Ugh, in Bruges and then like seven psychopaths came along which I had no idea yep. was like the same dude and I was like uh nope that looks like another like he's like the well, Christopher McQuarrie is like, yep. kind of like wh- wh- he's similar to who's another guy who's like super mm-hmm. into his own writing he's writerly and his dialogue yeah. reflects that and so when uh, three billboards came along i had no idea the connections uh mm-hmm. but i remember seeing that trailer and being like really like turned off and like the fact that it was getting all this oscar buzz and i was like ugh, ugh. so do you know what this movie is about yeah, i've seen the trailer like, I, know, okay. I know it's about Frances McDermott being a, a real tough lady and kicking girls in the the, the pussy and and like being mm-hmm. tough and like Woody Harrelson playing Woody Harrelson, Sam Rockwell playing Sam yeah. Rockwell, and 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 it's got uh, uh, Tyrion and he he's a he's a little sleazy. Oh, okay. So I gotta address that right right away. Uh, there's no reason that uh, Peter Dinklage needs to be in this other than there's they make a point about him being like. Midget. A midget, yeah. but that on top of it, that doesn't need to be in this movie at all. There's like almost no reason other than to be like, look, this lady's a bitch, and you're like, okay. But I was thinking, like, isn't that in in Bruges too? Like, doesn't he have like uh, a big point of like having a midget in that movie too? <laughs> Maybe, probably. He does. So it's like, because in in Bruges, the assassins are hiding because one of them killed a kid, and then the other one's like, you know, if I ever killed a kid, I would just kill myself. And then the guy like shoots a midget by mistake, but he sees he only sees the body. So then he kills himself. So like I was thinking, I was like, does this guy have like a weird thing? It's funny. It's it's his thing. It's funny. It's not it like funny, RJ. (laughs) So like I actually I think Peter Dinklage is really good in this movie, and he has like a really kind of like sad speech, and you feel bad for him. But then at the same time, afterwards you're kind of like, I wonder why that was in here, like. Other than to have like a scene where you feel bad for him and to be like, oh, yeah, Francis McDermott is just a bitch in this movie. Yeah. I don't know. So this movie, dear, is about uh, a lady who had a daughter who was uh, raped and killed. And it's been like a year or something. And they're they have no sus- suspects. So she rents out these three billboards that like it's like she was r- like raped while dying. No arrests. Like, how come? Mm-hmm. And so it uh, causes a big stir in the small town. So this movie is a weird one. And uh, I really think that it's equal parts uh, really good, equal parts bad. Uh, and that's not like a mark of a great movie, I, I don't think. Like I, this has, I, there's no chance this could win Best Picture. If it did, I would just give up because I'd be like, no, come on. Like it wow. feels like people said the it, same thing about Crash and it won. Well, Crash and fucking Slumdog Millionaire. Birdman. Yeah. Birdman. <laughs> the, the artist. It, well, I'll rephrase that. I'll just say <laughs> I would like... be 
that's yeah that's the whole point of the oscars that's why i think the oscars are bullshit it's a celebration but, uh, of uh like being mediocre it's this, yeah it's like it's just fine i guess once in a while the, a, a good a movie does win but uh we'll, we'll talk about that later I, I, yeah i would be my point was i would be surprised if this won that uh sam rockwell will probably win which i think is nice because i think he's a really good actor he plays like a slow policeman kind of uh he's good woody harrelson is the chief he's pointless he doesn't even need to be in this mm. um like like his character serves a big role but i was like you didn't need woody harrelson for this like he got nominated too which is good i guess but whatever who cares mm-hmm. um so the town goes into a stir uh so there's some really good stuff like that all the actors are good like they're sure. fucking professional actors they're, they're, they yeah, it's, it's an all-star cast yeah it's an all-star cast uh i think sam rockwell is actually like really good i think he should win but we'll see um there's some like really touching moments in this too like but like i was saying like that peter peter dinklage has like this really kind of like sweet thing and sam rockwell uh his he lives with his mom who is max mom from yes. always sunny yeah, i didn't notice which, her in the trailer uh which is really like actually those scenes are like some of the best because it's just, like them hanging out in their like trashy uh house and he has a pet turtle and uh i thought that like that's the movie i would rather watch is like those two characters hanging out but uh, those scenes are really touching. And, like, Francis McDermott is really good, but, like, obvious, right? Yeah. But this movie has so much going on. Like, it's, like, three different movies. It's So you get, like, her main thing about the billboards, okay? And then you get, like, this side story about Woody Harrelson, how he has cancer and he's dying. And, like, how this affects, like the whole relationship like the whole town dynamic and then you have sam rockwell like trying to become like a decent person cop but he's like really slow and like doesn't really understand stuff and it's like all these things like mesh together it's like any one of those could have just if you focused on like one of them i think it would have been a way better movie than giving them all kind of equal attention and then tonally it's kind of like it's all over like it goes from like super dark stuff uh, to like really like f- like weird quirky comedy. Like there's a scene where Francis McDermott's ex-husband is like he flips a table and he like th- like puts her by the throat up on a wall, and then like the son has a knife at his neck, and then his like 18 year old girlfriend walks in and she's like, uh, oh, uh, I was gonna use the toilet. Uh, looks like a bad time, <laughs> and it's just like what? Like why? Because, I don't know, like, I, I like when they bounce between, like, serious stuff and, like, comedy. Like, there are ways to do that really well. But I don't think that any of them in this movie land very well. It's, I don't know, it just like, seems like that. You're like, I don't yeah. think that's funny. So, yeah, my, like, feeling on this movie uh, from not having seen it, but just the aura around it. It's like, yeah, this just kind of looks like hell or high water, but, like, with a, a dash of Coen brothers. That's, and I'm just like, yep. nope, not for me. Because <laughs> it's, yeah. it's hell or high water trying to be more Coen brothers yeah. but with quirky toilet comedy. Because there's, like, scenes of, like, dudes killing themselves and then right after that there's a scene of, like, Sam Rockwell dancing to, like, a goofy song. And it's like, that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Like, if it's not edited together very well. Um, but there are some scenes that are really nice. Like, there's a scene where there's a tracking scene with Sam Rockwell, and that scene's awesome. Like, you're following him between buildings. So it's weird. Like, there's, like there are... Like, true detective. Like, true detective. <laughs> there, there are good 
parts of this movie, but as a whole, it, I don't think you would like it. Like I, I liked it, but I'm not going to ever watch it again. Okay. So, um, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, there's one thing I have to say. If you want to watch this spoiler, jump ahead like a minute. There's this one scene that's fucking ridiculous. It's not even a huge spoiler, but so like, you know, that the daughter was like raped. That's the entire point of the movie that she was raped and murdered. And there's a flashback scene with the daughter and she's like fighting with Francis McDermott. And uh, she's like, she's like, why can't I take the car? And Francis McDermott's like, well, because I don't want you to. And the daughter's like, well, I'm going to walk. And I hope I get raped on the way. And Francis McDermott's like, yeah, I hope you do get raped. And then it cuts to like her looking at the billboard that's like raped while dying. Mm. And I, I was watching it and my eyes just got wide. I was like, no, come on. I was like, that's too fucking Lay, on the nose. Laid it on. <laughs> it's it was it's so stupid it's like they couldn't have like i get what they're there rj you've you've said that many times to women in your life no no never that (laughs) but it's like they couldn't have even dialed it back a little bit like it's like well if i get kidnapped but then she like what happened was worse basically i don't know it's silly what what if it was you rj (laughs) it's not okay it's not so uh this piece of crap but should i hit you with uh the movie we both watched sure or uh i've got to say rj that uh i'm i'm really like glad that the creeps is now on the uh uh the screener list so we're getting all these like screeners sent directly from the academy awards so you can watch all these films officially yeah no it's um it's uh it's been great because uh as part of the academy uh i have legal means of watching these movies yeah i'll have you know jared that a lot of these movies are on itunes okay so there are legal and in our locally run theaters so there are legal means of watching all of these Mm -hmm. of which i did for everyone like this other one i watched (laughs) called the florida project Mm -hmm. uh which is a movie that you watched yes by uh someone who i think i understand is going to be a new favorite of yours because I hear they get hailed in the same camp of Harmony Coran or sure and Gummo and those people. The gu- uh, that that same person. The Gummos of the world. Uh, do you want to take the reins on this? I no, feel you, like you, uh, you you can talk about it. The Florida Project is about this really sad life that is a reality for many people in the world. Uh, they live in a motel. And it's uh, kind of right beside Disneyland. Called the Not Magic for everyone. King- called Magic Kingdom. Yeah, th- that, that was a weird way to put that. Uh, what I meant to say was uh, it's unfortunate that these people have to live in a motel. Even more unfortunate is that it is right beside Disneyland. And their hotel is called the Magic Kingdom. Uh, so you follow a group of ragtag little kids mm-hmm. who live at this hotel or motel, I guess. And... Uh, their day-to-day activities over a summer and uh your focus is on one girl and her mom and how they are kind of trash people i guess <laughs> is the best way i can put that the, uh that's, that's the best way you could put that is that the best way i could put that they are <laughs> trash people uh, uh rj style yes yeah, it's a movie uh, about women and about poor people. So it's like all of RJ's favorite things that he's not hey, in the least bit hey. judgmental about. I liked this movie. I, okay, I, <laughs> I liked this quite a bit. I thought it was uh, this was way better than fucking three billboards outside Ebon, Missouri. Wow. Yeah. 
Okay. So I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you that much. Okay. Um, but anyways, uh, so you follow them, and then you follow a young, handsome uh, hotel manager, uh, Bobby, played by the ever-loving, handsome Willem Dafoe. And uh, you just see their hijinks uh, through the hotel and their goings-ons. Uh, and it's, it's wonderful, man. It is a, a slice of life, a big, dirty slice that fell on the floor and picked up a Band-Aid before you put it back on the plate. Because uh, it's like I was saying, you see that these people are in like unfortunate situations. Like the lady, she's trying to get a job as a stripper, but like she got fired because the wrong bitch got hired and like won't hire her back because they got beef. So she's like trying to get a job, but she can't. So she has to do like other things like steal stuff. Selling perfume in parking Selling lots. perfume. Yeah, like taking things and selling them. And she's just trying to look out for her daughter. But it's tough, man, when you live in a hotel by yourself. So, no, I actually thought this movie was really good, even if it had poor people and women, which isn't a real thing, but that's something you say. Uh, I thought it was really good. Uh, You feel for these characters. And one thing that I noticed, um, I watched this with Andrea, and she wasn't, like, super hot on it when we watched it. Of course. But a couple (laughs) days, yeah, it's not an Andy pick. But a couple days later, she, uh, she was thinking about it still. She was like, I wonder, like, what this thing in that movie was about. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. I was like, that's a good question. Like, uh, kind of, we were talking about, like, the ending on how it's kind of ambiguous on whether or not it's not, like, real. So, like, because I looked into it, I was like, so they had to film it on a phone because it was the only way they could get the camera where they needed it to be. So it's like, there is a very stark change in the way it's filmed, and you can tell. And I was like, I was wondering, I was like, I wonder if they, he used that, like, not just out of necessity, but used it to advantage to tell the story it's like i wonder if he's making this ending ambiguous or um like intentionally it's like it's film different so maybe it's not really happening kind of anyway so my point was even though andrea wasn't like super hot on it when we watched it she uh she was thinking about it a couple days later which i think is a mark of a good movie Mm -hmm. leaves an impression on you man Mm -hmm. uh unlike another movie i watched which i'll discuss later Mm mm-hmm so, so uh, tell, why don't you tell me what you thought of the Florida Project? Well, uh, Florida Project, it popped up at the local Second Run Theater, and I was like, cool, I, I actually wanted to watch that, because it's A24. Uh, it's one of their last few movies that they came out with this year that I definitely wanted to see, so I was glad to see it pop up. So bummed out that Killing of a Sacred Deer never made it to the milk, because I would have loved watching yeah. that movie with a theater. Uh, that would have been something else. Uh, so yeah, went into the Florida Project. Uh, Sean Baker, director of this, I'd seen his previous film, which is Tangerine, which uh, it's like, I don't know if you know much about it. <laughs> I do. Uh, I just haven't seen it. Yeah, so it's like the like transsexual sex workers in Los Angeles set during Christmas on like the like yeah. I don't know Sunset Strip, just like Los Angeles. Uh, it was like one of the big things. It was shot like on an iPad, and it looks really great for that mm-hmm. type of movie. Uh, and I, I thought that movie was like really good. I, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that sort of uh, storytelling, that type of character. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't like super, like sometimes you go into these things and you're like, oh boy, it's going to be a real dreary, woe is me, sad bastard type of movie. And, right. uh, but with Tangerine, it's like, no, this movie's like, isn't so like super judgmental. It's just kind of like, yeah, this is what life is. And they're not dwelling on it. They're not going to like 
see, geez, your life's way better off than this. They're just like, no, this is just a story. This is their life. They're not like, their life probably right. could be better or whatever, but I mean, this is what it is and there's no judgments on it. Uh, and yeah, Florida Project's uh, just that way as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, this, this movie starts out and uh, we, we got, we showed up like pretty well right on time for the movie. Like the trailers just finished playing. Uh, the titles start playing and we kind of notice mm-hmm. there's this guy like in the a row ahead of us. This is like the same theater as Lady Bird because, you know, now my my tradition mm-hmm. of going to movies is, oh, what's going to happen at the movie mill? <laughs> and there's this guy and he's sitting dead middle and Celebration comes on, the the opening track <laughs> of the credit, and this yeah. guy starts fucking jamming in his seat. Nice. Hard, hard to some Celebrate. Uh, was it you? N- no, uh, but <laughs> I, 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 I was looked over and I'm like, holy shit, this guy mm-hmm. is in he he's like he's so like mm-hmm. in, he's like so happy, uh, but yeah. Then the movie just like it's just a series of vignettes of these kids who are like real kids, not like Disney movie kids. They like spit on cars, tell adults to fuck off and shut up, and just mm-hmm. like I guess tr- like shitty kids. And I mean, it made me think of like yeah, when I was a kid, like I wasn't like maybe like this but i remember like doing stuff and it's like a rare thing because it's like uh, mm-hmm. the, the the big thing this past couple years has been stranger things and it that like right. stephen king uh milk toast like, oh, oh look at us we're riding around our bikes oh and like mm-hmm. oh i can't like it's the stand by me thing that's like kind of what people think their childhood was like this is mm-hmm. like i think a lot closer to what a lot of people's child like like childhood was like Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, when I was a kid, and I mean, like, I wasn't, like, like I wouldn't call myself a poor kid. I mean, I was probably, like, whatever, uh, upper, or lower middle class, working class, like, kid. What side of town did you live on? Oh, I, we lived on the west side. Uh, the west side? Yes, which, which which is actually part of this. So we kind of lived in the suburbs, uh, I guess, like, mm-hmm. at, at that time. Now it's, like, it's encompassed everything. But, like, mm-hmm. that only was a result of, like, grandparents dying and like inheritances not like oh we just have all this money given to us it's like no people died so that we can move into this neighborhood where there's people around us who made a lot more money than my parents Mm -hmm. but like whatever when you're kids it doesn't matter a lot you like to think but it does it definitely uh tells you what birthday parties you go to and whatnot uh but I, i remember like hanging out with kids and they'd be like way worse than me and they started drinking before I did and stuff like that but i remember like <laughs> running around into like the in these suburban houses what the cool thing was like you'd get to like walk and run around in like the frames of these houses being built so they they made mm-hmm. uh, good arc, empty architecture for you to like nerf gun around and stuff like that but you know we had nerf guns which tells you that well we're still like uh, an uptick above uh, the kids in this story where it's like oh let's just throw fucking sinks down the stairs and smashing out windows and like running around in like fucking abandoned houses and uh, play with mm-hmm. this lighter um, so I mean it's still like a completely different uh, level of uh, class I guess. Mm-hmm. So that's like the one thing that like I'm not surprised that Florida Project didn't get nominated for uh, Best Picture, even though clearly I think it's it should be, uh, because this is a movie where like characters are like actually having an argument about ten dollars. That is mm-hmm. a reality that uh, Hollywood types probably don't even want to like 
get into. They're like, that's like an mm-hmm. exaggeration. And it's like, no, it's not. Like the difference between 35 bucks and 45 bucks for people is like a big deal. And that's not for like a couple days. That's a one night. So you were yeah. literally talking about 10 bucks. Uh, so like scenes like that, like I think were like are great. I think it's good that a movie like this, because usually it seems like movies about mm-hmm. class like this generally are made like in the UK. Uh, yeah. Like there's like the movie like I, Daniel Blake, which kind of falls into this. But even that's more like the struggle of the system. This is a movie about people who don't even like work into the system. They are kind of like targeted and worked against by the system in a way that they're, oh, we're mm-hmm. helping you and we're going to send these very nice ladies who have very soft voices to tell you, oh, we're taking your child away. We know it's best for you. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, it, that sort of stuff is grim. Uh, other stuff, I, I I don't know, this movie reminds me a lot and I don't know if you've ever gotten to it, but um, Jaime Hernandez and Gilbert Hernandez's comic series, uh, Love and Rockets, uh, mm-hmm. this movie feels a lot like their type of stories. There's like no right. big over, there's no plot per se. It's just like a series of events. You get to know these characters, things happen to those characters and it all feels pretty natural how things unwind or how, how the story is told. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, when I was watching it, I was kind of like wondering, I'm like, cause I'm like, I knew this movie was like two hours. So I'm kind of wondering how they're going to like put everything together as like a, as a movie. Mm-hmm. Like, why is this movie like, cause generally this movie does have a lot of like, uh, positive reviews and stuff like that people all seem to like it to various degrees Mm -hmm. it all depends on like their tolerance i guess for like this type of story trash for trash uh but well it is like it did make andrew uncomfortable um the poor people and the women uh no like that like uh just dirtiness of like kids spitting all over cars she was like Ugh. That's, yeah that's but i don't know I, yeah. I i totally like that to me is like yeah that's great i mean that's totally yeah. what kids do and it's like and it should be kind of like yep. it's gonna make people go oh oh my god children shouldn't be like because they'd be like why are they yeah. making these actors do these bad things like this is really abusive to children like, there's like probably assholes like that that are gonna yeah. pull that shit mm-hmm. um so yeah uh so there's like all these elements of like, yeah, like Harmony Corinne. I think that comes about though because of Spring Breakers and the fact that it's also like in Florida and there's like this kind of like these like young women who are like this type of woman doesn't get depicted very often where like she's also carrying the movie. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, oh yeah, it's just like this. It's like characters that are like the directive filmmakers are not afraid of like depicting them as being like bad people or not role models. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's, mm-hmm. that's good. I mean, why not once in a while? Like there's no template that we should always follow about like i don't know people can be shitty sometimes and they can still be yes they can be sympathetic too even though it's like they're doing everything that they can to like not be sympathetic or like totally indifferent to that traditional narrative uh but at the same time and here you got bobby played by willem dafoe who's just like fucking amazing uh, if he yeah, doesn't, he if, if he doesn't win best sporting actor, uh, we complain on Twitter. Uh, yeah. I don't know, man. He, I, he, I can't imagine any performance better than that. Like, it's so good. Like he, he, he brings so much to this movie. Uh, every time he's yeah. on screen, I was just like laughing at just the way he delivers lines. I think mm-hmm. like there's a bit where he's like on the computer, like typing stuff out, like, uh, yeah. like, with two fingering, I guess. Two and then like the yeah. power goes out cause the kids pulled it and he's like, 
oh shit like that like that sad man denim uh frustration with the power going out and then like uh-huh. you get that like slow reveal of like the camera of like the whole building and then all the people coming out of the rooms and all like oh what the hell what are we paying for around here and like then you get everyone keeps coming coming out coming out and then you get uh bobby coming he's like there to save the day that was great mm-hmm. there's another scene with him lighting up that cigarette and then just as he lights it all the lights come on because they're on the auto timer when the sun goes mm-hmm. down fucking beautiful uh and yeah just like everything every time he was on on the screen i was like excited i was like oh what's he gonna do what's bobby gonna talk about he's gonna tell that woman to like cover her tits and uh yeah or like i like or, when or, he shoes those cranes away oh oh yeah like yeah. those like so good and then like the i mean there's like the scene where like they kind of go into the territory of like oh there's these children who have no adult supervision and they're just left mm-hmm. to their own devices and oh there's this creepy old guy coming along and he's starting to talk yeah. to him and you're like i oh. knew you would like and, well you're like oh oh here's the here's the pedophile scene and you're like where's yeah. this going but bobby's on it man and he oh fuck mm-hmm. that, that I, I was just like loving that whole sequence of them walking along and like I, no I'm no you're even, yeah. oh, <laughs> I, I, I'm not even kidding. I looked right at Andrea. I was like, Jared's going to love this. Yeah. As soon as I saw a creepy old guy in the back, <laughs> before he even walked up, it was like him hunched over with like <laughs> long fingers and liver, like sunspots. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, oh, Jared's going to love this. <laughs> I, I could just tell that's your kind of person. Is that like, yeah. it's like festering goblin kind of thing. <laughs> so well, it's like, it's like, that's what those guys look like. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's, it's like, like it's like oh, it's like every time you see one of those guys, it's like is that is this man a pedophile? <laughs> it's like sometimes they're not, but oh, there he is sauntering over to children, and you're going, nah. And that yeah. scene is great. Oh, it's so, oh, it's so good. Well, you want want a soda? About, you're parched, huh? Parched. Oh man. Oh, uh, what, was, so you're parched? In, in love, huh. I love that scene. That was that was so good. Um, but yeah, no, and then like. Yeah, it builds up to the the ending. I mean, God, there's like so many good scenes to that, like uh, the the fucking uh, motel room beatdown, uh, the mm-hmm. sounds of that of fists raining down. It was like, oh God, yeah, yeah, and it's supposed to be disturbing. You're like, man, yeah. this this woman just is like not doing herself any favors at all, and. Uh, the, the reality of like the the sadness of like the the one kid at the beginning who's like dad's moving out and he's taking his kid with mm-hmm. him and giving away the toys and stuff like that that's pretty real man that's that's mm-hmm. what happens in this world uh that and god damn there's so many good bits uh yeah the ending of this movie it had the whole theater in tears RJ did it yeah uh yeah I got uh, I got a little um a little uh, glassy in the eyes at that part. Mm-hmm. Uh, I it's it's I don't know. It's the whole movie. You don't feel like it's building up to something like that, even though it's like okay, things are getting bad. It's like oh, things just got a little bit worse, and you're like oh shit, she's making bad decisions. You're like something weird is something's gonna happen, but I still feel like it comes kind of like. Like, like not like a surprise, but you're like, oh shit, because <laughs> like when it actually happens, you're like, oh fuck, mm-hmm. go for it, man. Oh, I was, and I was like fighting it. I was like trying to be like, oh man, they're manipulating like, me. This fucking music, yeah. they're they're trying to trick me. It's like, oh, oh what, oh Disneyland, Disney World's gonna solve all your problems, but it's like, mm-hmm. oh, but it's about kids. It's not about me. It's not about the bitterness. And it's like, it's about the escape and like, mm-hmm. and not being in a shitty position and like having a friend that saves you. Oh God. Every time yeah. I think about that scene, man, 
it's beautiful. It gets to me. So yeah, that's like uh, pretty good stuff. So I don't know how much of it's uh, that manipulation of that. Yeah. I'm like, oh my god, fuck you, movie. You're no, get, it's not manipulation to feel. Well, so like, unlike another movie, I'll talk about later. Yeah. This movie, it actually has something that like it's a genuine thing that makes you feel because you're like invested in the characters and it seems real. You're just like fuck. You're mm-hmm. like that's sad. And I don't like yeah they. they they craft it in a way where it's like this is what we'll do with the music and all that to make people feel that way but i do still think it's like the reason that it's so sad is just like fuck Mm -hmm. it's like that's a real thing man and then like uh yeah and then just like uh uh, bria vinate who's uh Mm -hmm. Haley, the mom in this like yeah i guess like he just found her on instagram and so she's like not an we, we looked into it. Uh, she used to sell shirts and hats yeah. uh, in New York um, that just had weed leaves on them. Yeah. Uh, and this was her first movie. She's Lithuanian, but hmm. she lived in New York. So uh, you can actually – there's sometimes she talks with something where it sounds like European via Brooklyn. Yeah. It's like, oh, like, yeah. like she draws out the O's or something like that. But uh, yeah, she's fucking great in this, man, mm-hmm. for a lady that – this dude just fucking found on the streets of New York, I'm guessing. like Well, Instagram. Yeah. The, the, the internet, RJ. <laughs> well, yeah, but still, like, she she hadn't acted in anything else, right? No, that's, this is, like, her But you first, know what she's going to be in next year? Uh, some movie here called The Beach Bum. You know who's making that movie? Harmony Korean, I see. There with you go. Matthew McConaughey, Zac Efron, Snoop Dogg, mm-hmm. Jimmy Buffett. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. That's going on the the watch list, RJ, right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I figured. Mm. But uh, yeah, this movie's very good. Yeah. The only thing, uh, the one thing, Andrew's like, you know, what I didn't like. She's like, I didn't like that Spike Lee ending, where the mom's like, "Fuck you," and it zooms in on her face. It reminded her too much of uh, Jungle Fever. <laughs> no. That, that, that yeah, that movie that everyone's talking about, <laughs> Jungle Fever. Hey, that that was a hit movie in '93. I'm guessing. Uh. Who cares? <laughs> no one cares. Yeah. So, um, how do you want to proceed? Uh, you can talk because I've been your, talking about movies for yeah, a long time. You can time. talk about your. I, I just talked about Florida Project a bunch. That movie was awesome, okay. folks. Watch it. Yeah. Uh, you got one more to go, right? I got one more to go. Just do it. It is another Oscar pick, and uh, I have dropped a few subtle hints. I don't know if you could tell for uh, throughout the episode mm-hmm. that this was a movie um, I don't like. Uh, so this is Call Me by Your Name, uh, and it is getting all the buzz. Uh, this is a hot track one. I, I'm finding it, it's getting more and more steam. Uh, it is what you called the gay movie uh, once <laughs> on an episode. Yeah. Uh, well, not your personal words, but it was uh, you were reading that person's um, description of the Oscar movies. They're like, this was the gay movie of the mm, year. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, so this movie's got like lots of hot steam. And uh, Andrew and I went into it open mind. Like we, we just watched like four three or four Oscar movies in general. And I popped this one on uh, just before I turned it on. She's like, how long is this? And I looked it up. It's like two hours and 15 minutes. And we're like, oh, fuck. Like, All right. Not a good sign to start off with. Um, this movie looks nice because it's filmed on location in northern Italy. This movie has an amazing soundtrack score done by uh, Suffusion Stevens. Yes. Uh He's awesome. Um, I, apparently, people didn't know who he was before. No one's listened to, like, Come On, Feel the Illinois or Carrie and Mole, I guess. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he's great. That's not uh, news. So if you take away his music, Jarrett, 
Mm-hmm. What's left of this movie is not much, man. Oh. Uh, I don't think this movie is very good. Hmm. And I understand that uh, people, this might be a hot topic for people because even on my letter box, there's like 15 people I follow that uh, have seen it and they've all given it fives. And, uh, this this is, yeah, it's getting like a ton, a ton of like high praise Mm -hmm. and, um, I don't buy it. Yeah. It's Uh, it's interesting because like you were talking, we were talking about maybe like a week or so ago and you were mentioning, uh, like like a lot of your friends who've seen it say that it is the best of the best picture nominees. Um, uh, at least one so, of, one of my good friends has watched it, whose opinion I do respect. He five starred this bad boy, and so mm-hmm. like like I said, I have like not a lot of interest in seeing this movie. But like, mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know for like no particular reason other than like I've also read. I guess you would call not to be like a weirdo, but like the SJW crowd on Letterboxd, like the mm-hmm. people uh, that like part of probably like the LGBTQ community, they have like, who actually are like, they're pretty thoughtful and right about this. They have a kind of a hate on for this movie or like a real, like or or indifference to it. Like, um, uh, like Sally Jane black or, um, uh, another one, like MK Rhodes. Uh, They, they they're they're fairly thoughtful and they, but they're also kind of like they they, mm-hmm. they they get they certain things turn them off of movies that I'm usually just like whatever like just enjoy the movie but like I read their stuff mm-hmm. and I'm like huh in a lot of ways these are movies that like should be aimed at this audience and they're like these people are the ones coming out strong against it being like no thanks and so I'm like mm-hmm. huh I'm like curious and I was just talking to a friend about this last night like I'm I'm more curious about watching it now than I was just because I'm cur- again it's like la- Last Jedi mm-hmm. reaction where like critics loved it, but like the the hoi oh. boy hated it. So I'm like, well, I gotta watch it now to find out where I stand. And then I'm like, oh no, this movie just is bad. Like it doesn't. There's no like agenda about this movie. It's like no, this is just a, a poor movie about like BB88 shooting poker chips out and like like yeah. nothing happening. Uh, well, so now, but though now you've watched it and you're like, yeah. And I was like, whoa, okay, now maybe it's not worth my time because I also didn't realize it was as long as it was, uh, which doesn't help mm-hmm. matters. So what I'll say is, like, it's a perfectly well put together movie. Like, it's like I said, the soundtrack score is awesome. It's really good, and it really fucking hooks you into certain scenes. Like, there's long, lingering scenes scenes with uh, Suffusion Stevens over the background, and you're like, man, that's nice. Uh, and it looks good. And there's nothing like particularly bad, like this. It, everything plays out. It makes sense. You're like, okay, like there. It's nothing about it is bad. It's just it's not. It's not convincing in any way. And what I mean by that is like, so I talked about like things I liked about all these other movies I was watching this week, where it's like, say for Florida Project, it was like these seem like real people, like it's genuine stuff. Where this movie, it's like, and we've talked about this before. I have a real hard time relating to characters in movies that are like really rich, privileged people who are just bored basically. And they're like, you're supposed to empathize with them. You're like, you're like, yeah, man, it must suck being this kid who like it lives in this summer chateau in Italy. And he's just like, doesn't really know what to do with his time. Malaise. <laughs> yeah. Like it's so... So this movie is about this kid, and he's in he's uh, 
him with his parents they speak italian french and english fluently and just with no rhyme or reason they just go in between languages because why not they're rich they're fucking educated they can do whatever they feel like um so they live in the summer summer house the dad's a professor and he has like visiting like uh, phd students or post yeah like phd students come stay over the summers so this like older strapping man comes and stays and oh, he comes they, he comes, baby. Oh yeah, uh, he comes, and they form a reluctant or like they don't like each other at first, and then they form like this relationship, and then they date. It's the oldest story and in the book. Oldest story in the book, and like the reasons I don't like it is a I don't think it's convincing at all. You never you never empathize with the younger character because he's the shitty little fucking kid who's like. Uh, he's like disconnected and he's just like, whatever, man, whatever. He's like, I, he's like, I listen to music. I'm like really smart. I don't need this shit. And you're just like, you're like, why should I care about this guy? And his like coming of age kind of stuff. Uh, he also does really like, he does like American pie esque uh, sexual things in this movie that seem over the top. But I guess their point is like, yeah, teen boys, like fuck everything they can see. So I guess that's, it's like, see, it's that, like they took a they? Lolita. That that's what this movie would lead you to believe. Mm. You want it? Do you want me to tell you what this kid fucks in this movie? Uh, hit hit! It's the Criterion Creeps podcast. You better tell me what he fucks. Uh, a peach. Oh, uh, American Pie style, and then he puts it on a table, and then Army Hammer comes later and tries to eat the peach. Oh. And it's kind of gross, but like the the point of the that's scene his, is like. Uh. The point of the scene is like the little kid feels like fragile and embarrassed that he did it. Everyone's but it's like you're dating this like 40 year old guy or not 40, like 30. What was I talking about? OK, yeah, I don't feel like these guys have good chemistry at all. Okay. And the way they get together is kind of lame. It's like they don't like each other at first, but it's like, oh, we were just attracted to each other. And then they like start like dating like in secret. And you're like, OK, but you never fucking like. I know you where never, I'm going. Yeah, it's, it feels like uh, <laughs> I know where I'm going because you never actually fucking believe them until like the very end of this movie where they like leave each other and you're like, oh, some, someone's actually doing some fucking acting in this movie now. Like the dad, he like has a monologue. And you're like, oh, at least someone fucking took on the emotional burden of this movie. Shit. But like... <sighs> I don't know. You don't believe them. And the other thing, too, is like it's this summer winter relationship. Right. But this movie, it doesn't even feel like it's a big deal. Like and I guess maybe that's the point. Mm. I don't know. But there's movies like Harold and Maude that do it like way better or like in any other movie about like a weird romance like this, like blue is the warmest color or uh, summertime, your favorite fucking movie, which also takes place in like Europe about like a traveling American falling in love with like an Italian man. Who I like, mentioned in your letterbox review, you uh, mistakenly refer to her as a rich woman. But if you recall, she's actually oh, just a school teacher. I said uh, privileged. Oh, I did that very privileged. Okay. I, I still, I still rich, privileged little kid and uh, privileged lady because i knew she wasn't rich but she was traveling in europe so i felt like but i believe they they do stress that she saved a lot of money so she was she did save yeah yeah but so like that's i i would like to compare this to summertime a lot because it's like in that movie which i know you don't like i actually do like summertime and it's because like i feel like the way they set her character up you kind of like feel for her in in different ways, so like you're kind of rooting for her, but the, in this one you don't. The obvious thing that like people compare this movie to, though, is Moonlight. Th- this is so. Here's the thing that we were talking about. 
the two guys I'm friends with, they were like, oh, yeah, this is the best movie of the year. And I was like, is it better than Moonlight? And they're like, oh, so much better. I find that laughable. I think Moonlight is such a better movie than this is. Um, and I don't even know why. Like, I just think Moonlight is a better movie. But this movie, it feels like a 40-year-old wrote like what they feel like teenagers sound like. And it's like hot, cheesy, erotica novel stuff. Mm. Like uh, Army Hammer's like, hey, don't go anywhere. And then uh, the young guy, he's like, you know, I won't go anywhere. And like he he delivers it like that. And you're like, Ugh, why did he say it like that? And then like he takes him to his like favorite pond. He's like, you know what I love about this place? Everything. <sighs> he's like, I love the water. I love the bugs. It's just like it comes off really cheesy. And I, I will say, too, it wasn't just me. Even Andrea, who loves romance and stuff like that, she was even put off by this movie. She's like, ugh. She's like, this, she's like, this is boring. And, like, she she doesn't mind, like, slow movies. She's just like, this movie's kind of boring. These characters really suck. And she's like, the dialogue is weird and cheesy. So, like, even she wasn't buying into it, but... I don't. I can see why it's so appealing. It ticks off a lot of boxes, but I feel like if you if you look at like what's at the heart of this movie, I don't think it's very impressive at all. There's so many better movies like about like either like uh, not like taboo, but like frowned upon relationships. Say like an old person, young person, like uh, same sex, whatever. There's so many better movies well, that like... tackle out so much yeah. better than this fucking thing does. Oh. Yeah, there's like the one thing that um, those writers I was mentioning to you about on Letterboxd, they kind of talk about the kind of the predatorial nature of the relationship and how yeah. it's like, this is like the textbook thing about these like older 40-year-old men that like go after like 18-year-olds or, or like, yeah. like he's not even, like, I don't even think he's supposed to be 40, but he like he's, looks, he looks a lot older yeah. than he is. So well, I he's think a very the, defined person, like, no. like physically, def- like mature yeah but yeah he's, he's only he's like arnie, 30 he's arnie hammer yeah he's lone arnie ranger hammer. yeah so he's like 30 maybe and the kid is 17 but like and that's the thing too like they try to play it off like it isn't a predatory thing and i like i feel like they try to do the switch where it's like oh it's a young boy not a girl and like the young boy is doing things like that teen girls stereotypically do in like things like this like writing notes to each other like or to themselves like why won't he talk to me i'm so fragile Ugh. like stuff like that so like i feel like they're trying to flip it but like this kid's fucking character is all over the place like he's either listening to music and like being really like cool and like oh yeah or he's like talking about how frail he is and he's like i'm really sensitive and it's like what and then he's like trying to be super confident like when he comes on to army hammer he's like you know what i'm doing baby and it's like this fucking kid's all over the place i don't think he's very good i'd, I'd be upset if he won Timothy. the oscar well I'm, I'm upset with him because he's like in a woody allen movie he's like no nah, i don't ever want to do woody allen again what he's done is bad it's like yeah that's part of the script now mm. yeah i i don't think you would like this movie um it's like, it's like it looks good sounds good and there's nothing really off about it it's just i think that deep down it's not very like there's nothing to it and i don't know man it's you watch it and you just don't connect with it in any way. I think that's like the biggest thing, like where I was talking about three, uh, three billboards. There were, there's certain characters that I can like 
that you kind of like Peter Dinklage's character. You're like, okay, I can kind of empathize with this guy or Sam Rockwell even to a degree. But then there's other parts of that movie that bring it down. and You're like, fuck, or like, or you're just like, well, that sucks. It, it would have been better. Or Lady Bird, where I was saying like their family dynamic is so convincing and so genuine that you're like, I think one of the reasons that movie is is as good as it is is that the performances are believable because you believe that these people are connected in some way. And in this movie, you don't like, I never for once thought that these people like actually liked each other until the end when they're like leaving and crying. And you're like, all right. And it's like other characters describing what their relationship was to them. It's not even fucking them talking about it. Right. So I don't think it's that they're bad actors either. I think army hammer is a pretty good actor. I just, I don't know. Like, it's not that good, man. I really don't think it is. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm I, apparently I'm not the only one, like you were saying, which I, I find your, your, your problems sound a lot different, though. Like it seems like my you're, problems you're, are a little. You're, 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 you seem like you just didn't buy into anything it was selling. So no, no, I didn't. Yeah. Um, and like, like what you were saying, like the predatory things, like it's in, I, like, yeah, yeah, I found that I interesting. Guess. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I guess like I'll have to be the tiebreaker and I will uh going to watch I'll, this thing? I'll, uh maybe. I don't know when. You like I, I don't know, man. I'd rather you I'd rather, like I'd rather watch that Fishman movie and like I really am like prepared to like fucking hate on that cuz Gilmero mm-hmm. del Toro kind of stinks, but uh yeah. I'm going to give sure. it a sh- I'm going to give it a shot, you know. We'll see what happens, but uh I don't know. Uh I think that's yeah. enough out of you though. So yeah. shut the fuck up and listen up now. All right, dude. Okay, so I watched a Best Picture nominee, uh, as well, along with Florida Project, uh, the night before when I saw Phantom Thread had finally come to town. Oh shit! And I was like, "Yo, I gotta go see that Phantom Thread. I gotta see if P.T. Anderson's gonna redeem himself after that fucking inherent vice garbage." Uh, which is a movie that like I want to like, but boy, is it boring. Uh, and the master I was never super hot on. Uh, like I'd say it's like probably his second weakest movie. Uh, so I was like, come on, Phantom Thread. I watched that trailer. I'm not super interested yeah. in it. So I was like, okay, maybe he's gonna he's gonna pull out some surprises. And RJ, he did because this movie is great. <gasps> I uh, I nice. watched this bad boy uh, with a semi full theater, I guess not 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 even like a quarter full probably, but uh, mm-hmm. that's what happens when people sign up for this like kind of like ivory merchant looking movie at nine forty five in the evening. And uh, yeah, I don't know. There was like so many times watching this movie that I had like a smile on my face. It just like all the uh, P.T. Anderson-ish of it, all the yeah. uh, Daniel Day-Lewis, like, just relishing in his craft. Fuck. He is so good. He is, uh, like, I mean... Is he going to win? Whoa. I don't know. It's it's hard to say. Like, he's, like, the easy guy to win. It all depends yeah. on how that... Because you got to pay that, like, $700 to submit your, uh, your Oscar ballot, I guess. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, what type of people are going to be invested enough to like send in their vote to be like, I think Daniel Day Lewis deserves another Oscar because mm-hmm. uh, he's like, he just makes it look so easy. He does so much stuff that like some might say it's like, well, it's very accurately. I'm like, yeah, so what? But he does it way better than everybody. Like when he's on the screen, he is so aware of every little thing he does, every eye gesture, his hands. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. like we, we all know, oh, he learned how to become like a, a shoemaker and then he like actually quit acting and became a shoemaker. So he's that type of intense personality that like goes all in. Uh, and yeah, right. he, he does it here as well. And him and uh, PT, they, they did uh, probably their best work together with There Will Be Blood. Uh, mm-hmm. which like that movie is like 
it's amazing that movie exists. Uh, Phantom Thread, it's it's no no it's no there will be blood, like right. what what because that would be like a fluky thing. But I mean, I've only seen this movie once. I actually want mm-hmm. to see it again in theater. I'm not sure <gasps> if that's going to work out or not. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I think I'm pretty sure this movie is actually like really, really good. Um, but like the score is awesome. Once again, Johnny Greenwood just, uh, nice. coming up with a great score. Um, so you'll, are, are you'll you, have to are, are you watch. Fa- are, are Sorry. You, are you familiar with this, the plot of this movie at all? Or do you just kind of know no. the vague, are you vague on it? So what I'm it's vague. Okay. So, uh, Daniel D. Lewis, uh, he, he, he's this guy. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I believe it's uh, it's R- R- Reynold Reynold Woodcock is his name. Okay, and he is a dressmaker. Right. Uh, he's a couturist uh, in England, and he makes like dresses for very very rich people and countesses mm-hmm. and French princesses and whatnot. And he's like the best he is at what he does, and he has this complete system of how he operates in his life. We get a sliver of it at the very beginning. It's like the end of uh, a relationship that he's in that is no longer satisfactory, and you get the blow off. Um, and this is all like kind of amongst like beautiful cinematography, amazing like costume design, everything like that. But it's like not like super showy either. Um, it's just kind of like everything's at the cer- to the service of making a movie and not being like, hey, look at me, I'm a movie. Look how fancy I am. It's mm-hmm. like. You wouldn't like ever be like, oh, what about that one? Like, there's there's like a couple of like, wow, that shot is so amazing. But they almost are like so different from everything else at the, in the movie. Yeah, uh, where everything's just in total control. Um, it's kind of like what maybe he's been working toward as far as like what he wants to do next. And I think he's hopefully got back into that track where he's like going to just make great movies again. Because uh, mm-hmm. I, I think this one's like up. Like I, I think it's better than magnolia but like i <gasps> like i think like because magnolia is like a movie that i think it's a little too showy um yeah like when i was doing the rewatch a couple years ago i was kind of like oh this movie's not as like mind-blowing as i remember it being back in 1999 mm-hmm. um but yeah this movie is like definitely a mature man uh making this thing and yeah it's just a story about this this dressmaker who just kind of goes through these cycles of like creativity and boredom and mm-hmm. he can't find uh, a woman that can accommodate his lifestyle. And this is a story about when he does find that woman. Okay. And uh, it's it's a movie you have to watch, I think, mm-hmm. to like, guess it kind of sucked into. Because there's scenes that you're like, oh, this is okay. I see what they're doing with this. And then it changes. And you're like, wow, I never th- like thought I would. I didn't think it was going in that direction. But it's like, it doesn't do anything cr- like super mm-hmm. uh, different than it's not like wow i didn't see that coming i didn't see that guy shooting himself in the head on the toilet it's just like like, like some, in three billboards yeah, like there's nothing like that it's not that type of movie um yeah but yeah it's uh what a what a beautiful great movie to watch uh yeah mm-hmm. i thought it was awesome uh right now it's like thinking about looking at my uh better films of 2017 list it's like killing of a sacred deer is pretty like i think still like it's got the edge but like Florida Project and Phantom Thread are like right up there along with it. Uh, wow. Tw- Twin Peaks: The Return is still like I think because of what it is and the fact that we'll be talking about it twenty years from now, like with without yeah. a doubt, like it's the best movie of this year. But like these other three movies, it's like this is a, this was this is turning into a really good year for movies. And of course, mm-hmm. as always, I'm not watching these movies till um, early 2018. But my cutoff uh, is the Oscars. That's the end of the award season. 
So that's did you know the Oscars is late this year, later than normal? No. When when are they? End of the month. March. Oh, 4th. whoa, that is late. Okay, that makes yeah. sure. So, uh, speaking of Oscars, man, we're 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 going long here. Uh, uh-huh. I've continued on my fifties uh, watching of Best Picture Picture winners. Mm-hmm. Uh, picked up with From Here to Eternity, the uh, very iconic movie of Burt Lancaster making out with the lady on a beach, mm-hmm. uh, set in the like just before Pearl Harbor. Uh, and this movie's go- <laughs> it's like good. It's not bad. How I, good? Uh, seven out of ten. It, it's like seven out of ten. Eh? Seven out of ten, maybe. Yeah, it's about as high as I'd go on that. It's not amazing. It's got some good. Burt Lancaster's awesome, but there's like yeah. everything without him is kind of like uh, it's like this, and that's like the like he's not even like the I'd say the main part of the story. He's kind of like he turns into like the main character, but a lot of it is like this other chump. And his like he's a boxer who's like he like made a guy blind by accident and he feels real bad about it. And now mm-hmm. he's like done boxing. He just wants to be a soldier. But like the um, the battalion or whatever he's been uh, em- uh, deployed into, they all like want him to take up boxing so they can win these championships. And he's like, no, I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to do that. And they're just bullying the fuck out of him. So mm-hmm. this movie doesn't paint the best picture of like the U.S. military uh, at all. It just seems like they're a bunch of bored, sadistic thugs, which maybe there's something to that. Uh, and then mm-hmm. like, so that's like kind of like the main story. And then the B story is like Burt Lancaster is sort of like the, the secretary to the like commanding officer. Who's like behind these bullyings and stuff like that. And he's like, he's a sleaze bag, this uh, major. And then he's like stepping out on his wife, but his wife also steps out on her husband. And so she starts stepping oh, out with Burt Lancaster and that's a whole thing. Um, and there's some drama mm-hmm. and there's uh, Ernest Borgnine, uh, Colin, the main or Colin, uh, uh, Oh God damn. What's his name? Frank Sinatra. Who's in this is like a, it's just like a supporting Colin. character Ca- calling him a WAP. Uh, one of your favorites. Oh my God. Oh, lots of, lots of, what wop. do you mean? One of my favorites? Oh, I believe it's one of your go-tos whenever you talk about boys, boy meets world, RJ. Well, that, okay. You, you make it sound like I love the word WAP, but it's because in a boy meets world, it's very early on. It's in like first season or something. Uh, Mr. Feeney's wearing a meatloaf sweater and hat and uh, he's trying to teach him a lesson. So Corey is talking about Anne Frank and he goes up to his friend, Sean. He goes, Hey Sean, what would you do if I called you a WAP? And he's like, he's like, what did you call me? <laughs> it's fucking, it's, it's insane that that happened on like fucking family television in 1995 or whatever. It's nuts. WAPs. And then there's times when, like, Vader shows up. Big Van yeah. Vader, not that Darth oh. Vader. Yeah, Vader bombs, baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so from here to eternity, then it's like, oh, you're, there's like a bit where it's like, oh, um, we're going to get together, but we're going we're gonna to fly out. And, uh, <laughs> oh, it's, wow, oh, geez, it would be on Monday. And it's like Saturday, the day before Pearl Harbor, the day that will go down in infamy. And I was, I just burst out laughing. It's Burt Lancaster, like, leans on a wall right beside a calendar with the date on it. It's the day before. <laughs> it's goofy. Uh, so it's like, okay. Um, anyway. And then I got to do a rewatch of On Kind. the Waterfront. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and that movie is that the Marlon Brando showpiece talking about how he could have been a contender. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. This movie, people love it. And it seems to be like one of those, like, you can't, no, no one says anything bad about it. But I think it's just, like, pretty okay. Mm-hmm. It's 
fine. Uh, fine, eh? Yeah, it's a fine movie. I don't know. Maybe you should watch it someday, and you can say how I'm wrong. But I don't know. Like, So the, the broad strokes of this movie, if you're not aware, uh, it's about Marlon Brando. He is also a boxer uh, or a former oh, boxer who is now a, like, mob enforcer. Like, Or it's like he's a union enforcer, but, like, the, the what's happened is the union has become, like, infused with the mafia running shit and running you know they got the boats they take things here or there it's very wire season two ish um Uh, but like what happens is uh this guy he he's not cooperating he's not playing ball with the union the union throws him off a building marlon brando had been part of like bringing them up to the rooftop and he's like oh Mm -hmm. i didn't think that was going to happen but then the the guy the dead guy his sister is like trying to find out what happened and is trying to like get all the other people who are like sick of the way things are being run to like change things then it's all just about like how it's really difficult to change things Mm -hmm. um i don't know it's there it's okay but i've never like i've seen it now twice and i've been always like oh that's it huh i i thought there'd be more to it i've seen like better movies from the era so hmm. i don't know it's just like this movie that like, exists i think part of it too is like it came out kind of the huac the house of un-american committee stuff so all the all okay. those screenwriters getting chased out of hollywood and uh being a bunch of commies this is uh, Ily- Ilya kazan so i mean he was like kind of like this is him hitting back against this idea of like the mob which is kind of like the government and just like it's a bunch of bullshit when you try to do the right thing you're left out on your own i don't know it's like us like us and yeah. now he would podcast about it uh, he'd try yeah a lot of people want to be podcasters. Yeah. No one, not a lot of people got the gumption. And I've got two more that I'll just breeze over because okay. they, they suck. Uh, Around the world oh. in eighty days. Um, oh, nice! I was not looking forward to this at all. I'd seen many people mm-hmm. refer to this as being one of the worst Best Picture winners, and I didn't finish watching it. I got about a half hour in and realized life is too short to watch this piece of shit. Mm-hmm. And it makes it's some type of movie. It's like so. It's an adaptation of the is it Jules Verne or H.G. Wells. Uh, one of those guys, uh, based on their book, Around the World in 80 Days. It's a shot in 70 millimeter, which people really cream. Ooh. People like to cream their jeans over because uh, uh, Phantom Thread uh, gets shown in 70 millimeter down in the States some places because uh, P.T. Anderson's all about that. But mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. This is a movie that's like shot that way. And I'm like, well, I'm watching it on my TV here. And it seems like a lot of empty screen. And it's just like, oh, look at all this like production and design and stuff like that isn't that amazing mm-hmm. but it's like yeah but i don't care about any of it it's like all these like british people in suits and like fineries and they're just talking about things and it's like everything is so labored and like particular it's like the when people think about the worst days of hollywood and like mm-hmm. why like easy rider and like taxi driver kind of like emerge as like a like a rejection of hollywood this is these are the sort of movies of that like these are the movies that they were rejecting and because they put up with this for a long time uh and Gigi or Gigi uh starring leslie caron this is a oh, fuck it's just like another like romantic movie but it's like a period piece set in france but everyone is like english every fucking person speaks with an english accent but we're told it's france and uh it's just like a fucking two hour long musical piece of shit 
I fucking mm-hmm. hate, I fucking hate musicals, RJ, especially these 50s, 60s ones. And I'm really yeah. not impressed right now because I'm like, fuck, I've got to watch Sound of Music. I've got to watch Tom Jones. Uh, <laughs> I watched that Oliver uh, when we did the Charles Dickens movies, and I thought that was like yeah. okay, but Oliver reads in it, and he's wicked. Um, mm-hmm. But also, I'm, I'm more of a fan, I guess, of the Oliver twist story anyway. But uh, yeah, Gigi is just like, ugh, man, these, these things are just like not for me at all. Mm-hmm. Um, one last movie. Uh, that I watched. It was also a musical, but it's from 2011, directed by uh, Vim Vendors. Pina, uh, this was a mm. weird kind of arrangement where uh, I went over to uh, a grad student's house because they were having a party, and it was based around watching this movie that I was like, I have no uh. idea what this is about. And this is the first time in, like, years that I've, like, watched a movie in a communal setting with, like, people I kind of know but like not movie people and mm-hmm. it's not a thing where you can like talk about it or like make comments. You're just going to sit there and talk or, or sit there and watch. Um, and so like I went in, so this is the uh, letterbox synopsis. Pina mm. is a feature length dance film in 3d, which the version we watched was not, it was just on a projector in, uh, this like grad students apartment with the as- ensemble of the Tanz theater, Wuppertal Pina Bausch, uh, featuring oh, the, those guys, Peanut Bausch. That's like the name of the like, yeah, dance sure, choreographer. Uh, featuring the unique and inspiring art of the great German choreographer who died in the summer of 2009. So, yeah. uh, Vim Vendors, being German, uh, decided to make this film. And, uh, so what it is, is so, uh, from what I gather, this Pina, uh, mm-hmm. individual, she was very like made a lot of interpretive dance sort of projects. So, like, she, like, her idea of, like, what dance could be what was, like, more in line of, like, performance art in, like, a big grand scope of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, there's, like, a lot of times watching this that I was thinking about Walter Sobchak and the Big Lebowski talking <laughs> about the what have you <laughs> and yeah. making, making that hand gesture of just, like, yep, I don't know what any of this means. And I'm just going to go about my day not, like, I don't care if people do this stuff, but they can just continue mm-hmm. doing it uh, whenever they want. So I went into this. I didn't know what I was getting myself into. Uh, but I guess at the end of the day, I like this. It's not bad. Uh, right. It's interesting to watch this type of level of dance where it's like kind of narrative, but like not traditional. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm pretty inarticulate talking about dance because I don't know much about it. But hmm. uh, I thought there was like it, it, one. Th- I guess like the one thing I was getting at about like watching this movie, uh, this movie in this communal setting is that like no one's like on their phones looking up stuff because you're just like they're yeah. watching because it'd be kind of weird and rude to like stop paying attention. So everyone's kind of like there's like this like unspoken pressure to like pay attention. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm like there, locked in in a way that I'm like not even like being in a movie theater, because uh, it's like movie theater. Like, well, it's a movie theater. You're trained that in this like living room thing. You're like, well, I'm on a couch, and I'm yeah. like, there's a kitchen like a few feet away, but I can't like just go up and do that. I can't just like lay around in my like boxers and like do like whatever the <laughs> fuck I want like on my laptop while this movie goes on. I have to like lock in. So it's like almost like this meditative thing where you're just like mm-hmm. thinking about other things that you could be doing or like what, what this movie, what you're thinking about responding to this idea of watching a movie. It was really weird. Um, but yeah, I didn't mind this. I don't know if it's for a lot of people. Like it's mm-hmm. kind of, on the obscure side, but I mean, almost 5,000 people have watched it on letterbox. It's got an average rating of 3.8. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's good. It's not bad. 
mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm not doing an amazing job of selling it. Like, I wouldn't be like, oh, you, there's like so many things I'd say you should watch before this, but it's worth noting <laughs> on the uh, the Criterion Creeps movies discussed list. <laughs> and now, it's, yeah, and now it's, it's noted. <laughs> it's like it's like. Well, I would watch. I should watch movies like this rather than like Best Picture winners, because like, fuck, man, there's some there's some real turgid shit coming up. Mm, turgid shit. That's... The, the, the rewatches are good because I've got the apartment, and uh, well, we're, we're going to see about Ben Hur. Uh, what about Chicago? Well, when, uh, sooner than later, I'll be watching that Chicago too. That's a musical. Do it already. I, I will. Do it. <laughs> Maybe next year it'll be because I'm not sure. Mm. This month we're running out of time, but who knows? Anything is possible. I have like three weeks left, nerd. Two. You have like three weeks left, you nerd. Okay. <gasps> okay, that's enough talk about creeping. Uh, mm. I've got nothing for news. Uh, I heard Paul Tra- or that book, Head Full of Ghosts, is going to be made into a movie by my buddy Oz Perkins. Right. So have you read that book? I did. I talked about it on the show. Okay. I can't. Um, I, can't I, mean, I, I see that name and I'm like, did RJ talk about that one? Or is like Bird Box? Or like, they all I, I talked about these, both. They, they have the same names to me. Yeah. So I'm like, uh, Headful of Ghosts was entertaining. Okay. Uh, but it, uh, it's got a really uh, lame ending, like lackluster. Mm. And it leaves you with like feeling you're just like, nothing really happened. It is entertaining. I read that book in like two days. It's only like 160 pages or okay. something like that. But I, I read it really fast and it was entertaining enough that I wanted to continue reading. But at the end of it, I was just like, oh, man, that's a bummer. I was like, nothing happened. So, <laughs> but uh, I like great. Oz Perkins, though. I think he's the man. So you still got a movie of his to watch, too. I know. I'm saving it because a, I don't want to. And a Mike Flanagan. Oh, yeah. I got Flanagan and Perkins. I'll get there. But yeah, anyways, yeah. enough of us. Let's get to the real deal here. Ooh, Episode spying I, I, number hey, one hundred. Hey, I actually I just saw a three billboards review one star pop up. A guy nice. a guy Richie remake of Dogville would be less painful to watch. There you go. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think you would dislike three billboards more than Call Me by Your Name. Okay. But uh, I, I just feel like three billboards would annoy you so much <laughs> that uh, you would just really dislike it. Yeah, you're probably completely right. And yeah. uh, I think it's just best I don't watch it. Yeah. <gasps> After the break, uh, we're going to find out if it's pronounced yacht or yow. And a three and a two what? and a one. Kick it. And you don't want to go You ask your mom please But she still says no Man, living at home Is such a drag Now your mom threw away Your best porno mag Bust it You have to fight For your right To power If that's the clothes you're gonna wear. And we're back. 
This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast, and tonight we're talking about the Beastie Boys video anthology from 2000 that Criterion put out. Uh, it's kind of an odd duck. Um, yes. But I remember when this came out. Actually, I guess I'll, let me read the back of the DVD first. Or Why don't you read the back of the DVD first? Yeah, and then we'll jump okay. into it. Yeah. The Beastie Boys are among the most influential groups of the last two decades as their music has opened hip-hop to a wider audience and changed the parameters of its sound, their ambitious music videos have carried the medium to new levels of artistic expression. This groundbreaking two-disc anthology showcases the vast potential of DVD technology, with most of the 18 videos containing alternate visual angles and multiple audio tracks. There are hundreds of possible image and sound combinations, including new surround mixes, a cappella versions, instrumentals, and more than 40 remixes by such artists as Moby, Fatboy Slim, and The Prunes, including many new remixes created exclusively for this release. Loaded with never-before-seen footage and unreleased music tracks, this special edition also contains a trove of rare still photos and exclusive audio commentary by the band and the video directors. And the coup de grace? The world premiere director's cut of Nathaniel Hornblower's intergalactic spin-off the robot versus the octopus monster saga. So mm-hmm. that all being said, uh, RJ uh, probably just watched the music videos off YouTube. I watched every one off of YouTube. Perfect. That's what I figured. Uh, mm-hmm. So one of the nice things about this coming along was like it's like an hour to watch mm-hmm. everything. That what a what a breeze, you know? Yeah. Refreshing. Like, yeah, and it's like. Nothing's going to overstate its welcome. Everything's like, you know, two to three minutes long. You just blow right through. Yep. It's great. So uh, I'll speak a little bit about the importance, I guess, of this release to me. So when this came out in 2000, I was in grade 11. And uh, I'm pretty sure that this was the first Criterion I ever bought because Mm -hmm. when it came out, it was like cheap. Like it was, uh, or at least like compared to like a, a full price release, it was like, 30 bucks, like 29.99. And, uh, you know, back in like that period of time, uh, the idea of owning music videos that you could watch Mm -hmm. at your fingertips was groundbreaking or it's not even, it wasn't, sorry, it wasn't groundbreaking, but that's what you had to do. So like my, like if I looked at, if I'm trying to remember my uh, video shelf, like one of my prized possessions was the weird Al, greatest hits VHS tape that had like Mm -hmm. all Weird Al's music videos on it uh, up till like when it came out and that thing was like amazing to me Mm -hmm. Uh, so this idea that like the the way you had to engage (laughs) with music videos back in this period of time was if you were in Canada uh, our MTV equivalent much music Um, and so you got to you had to, if you wanted like a music video you'd have to tape it off of TV with your VCR, uh, or you'd wait the mm-hmm. whole week to see what was on the the, the countdown, uh, which was like pretty like predictable. And I remember it was like a thing where like oh cool I'm off school and oh they have the, the new countdowns on let's watch that because music videos were like a way you could like watch music that just wasn't what was on the radio and mm-hmm. you got to experience these like various music videos of different qualities and like they're not all created equal there was ones that were just like this is a music video and other ones were like whoa they put a lot of effort into this and this like music video is actually selling this song and in fact actually making me want to buy the cd very Mm -hmm. uh i don't know if things work that way anymore (laughs) because 
you know, <laughs> come 2004, 2005, YouTube rolls out, and uh, there goes the idea of having to buy anything. Uh, mm-hmm. Physical media still exists, but I don't think a lot of people are buying uh, DVDs of music videos anymore. Uh, like, because, like, again, like, along yeah. along with my Beastie Boys video anthology, it was a really big deal when they came out with those uh, director series of uh, Spike Jones and Chris Cunningham Whoa. and Michelle Gondry. Michelle Gondry, yeah. yeah. So those, like, those are what I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So those, yeah. like, that, everyone remembers those Palm DVDs, the clear case and stuff yeah. like that. Uh, those were like awesome. Like I still think like that Spike Jones DVD is like one of my mm-hmm. favorite my favorite possessions. But like we'll talk about it maybe. Uh, yep. about, like just like Spike Jones is like track record of music videos in the nineties. It's is, nuts. It's ridiculous. Like it's just like it's oh, nuts. oh right, he directed every single one of these like iconic music videos, which is mm-hmm. amazing. And it's like and he's directed so little movies. <laughs> like it's like oh man, mm-hmm. uh, I wish he would do more and not never do another uh, where the wild things are <laughs> but uh anyway uh, yeah. so anyway yeah so the idea of like having music videos at your fingertips this dvd came along it was criterion it was like ooh fancy and yeah like you you haven't seen this i, sh- I could have lent you this dvd if you had asked but uh it's like I figured the, 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 it the, out. Copy, the copy i have it's like yeah. it's non-anamorphic so it's like kind of funny cuz i think they've re-released it since and it is probably anamorphic so most yeah. of these are full frame videos anyway so it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. like how you watch it because it's going to look the same regardless uh but like for the time this had very complex layouts and nowadays it's like kind of clunky because it was like ahead of its time for like like 2000 uh like yeah just like all these crazy spread breakdowns and like the back on like when they had like on dvd remotes the the multi-angle button that they would throw on yeah, essentially for yeah. porn movies and like music videos Ooh. i guess like that's what it was there for like that's the joke it's like why would you watch like different camera angles of a movie you're watching like why would you be thinking about yeah. a movie this way other than when you're watching a commentary track and you just like have it built in where it changes that to show you something anyway mm-hmm. uh but yeah so i like watched this quite a bit when i guess like Okay, I wouldn't say I watched this quite a bit. I watched some of the videos on this a lot. Like, it would be, like, my go-to, like, I got to watch this. Um, But, you know, life goes on, and you just, like, put your Mm -hmm. Beastie Boys DVD away, and you don't think about it too, too much, other than, like, oh, cool, I've got that. Uh, So I got to dust it off after, I don't even know, probably, like, 13 years since I watched it last. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, I guess we could talk about the Beastie Boys a little bit. Before you Might as experience. well. Uh, RJ, what do you think Yo. about the Beastie Boys? I love the Beastie Boys. Oh, cool. I'm glad. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's not like those uh, punks, the Rolling Stones, who never made anything decent. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, I like the Beastie Boys, man. Look, look, I was a white kid in the 90s. Of course I loved the Beastie Boys. These guys you were are like, like, you were like idols. Not, you were like not even, what? You, weren't even t- you were 10 when this came out? Yeah, but uh, I, as you said, I could see their music videos on Much Music. Okay, they were in constant circulation. Uh, no, I really like the Beastie Boys. Um, I have a couple of their albums. Uh, one of them is just like a Hello, big like Hello Nasty. Uh, yeah, I have Hello Nasty, and then I have um, fuck, what is it like the Five Burrows or something like that? Uh, or the Sound of Science? It's like this huge fucking collector. Yeah, it's the, like greatest hits it's, thing. It's, it's actually the Beastie Boys anthology. And this is the video yeah. anthology to it. Yeah. Yeah. So I have, I have those CDs okay. that uh, I used to listen to quite a bit. Uh, I found the Beastie Boys were wicked for um, like 
not entertaining, but like when you had friends over. So like when I was in high school and stuff like that, you just throw this this shit on in the back on the uh, stereo. It was perfect music for it yep. because it was like it it had like this consistent melody and this like consistent movement to the music where people could just kind of like jump into it and jump out to it and it was it was perfect background music right which isn't like a knock at them or anything like that either like they make great music and uh, it's just uh, some of their songs they have that like cyclical flow where it, you can just kind of come in and out of it like it's hypnotizing is what I want to say. And fun. It's fun. And fun. Yeah. It's pretty breezy yep. music. It's not particular. Yeah. I think you can just get into it because the music is so uh, dancey or like, like yeah. has such a good rhythm. I don't know. What was that gesture you did? People couldn't know. see that. Oh, I'm, I'm doing my uh, theater seat dancing to celebration uh, dance. Yeah. There you go. I'm rolling my, um, I'm rolling my shoulders forward. Yeah, uh, yeah exactly. Groo- I'm I am grooving RJ to some grooving? B B boy moves. Yeah, to quote almost famous, tell her you're a slave to the groove. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. That's the ticket. So uh, no, yeah, I love the Beastie Boys and uh, especially um, the music videos because much music used to do this thing in like late '90s, early 2000s when music videos were still a thing, and they would uh, sometimes they would go through countdowns and it'd be like an That's, all day event. Yeah. It'd be like 100 best music videos ever. Oh, man, and you yeah. know what was always on those? Beastie Boys. Uh, Beastie Boys, man. Intergalactic, Body Movement, and um, uh, Sabotage. Yeah. Uh, those three music videos were always consistently in like the top 30, if not like the top 20, because uh, they're so fucking cool. They're, they're awesome to watch. Even now, like... Uh, when I was gonna watch them, I was like, I've seen those things so many, like so many times. I was like, I'll just watch them, whatever. I like, I wasn't really into it, and then I watched them, and then I was like, Yeah, man. I was like, I'm into this again. Mm-hmm. I was like, These music videos are so fucking good and entertaining and like funny, and the music hooks you in so much. It's hypnotizing, Jared. That's the word I'm gonna stick with tonight. Yeah, yeah. So I guess like one thing I was thinking about, and I was like, kind of wait until we talked about it on this episode, because like you are. Uh, a little younger than me, and so like I was wondering about like, what, what is what is the cutoff of like the previous generation to like music video culture? Because like there's a point where like it happened to MTV and it happened to Much mm-hmm. Music where it became not about the music, it, and it wasn't. It just became like reality TV show delivery services. That was in my era. Yeah, like it happened. Like that crossover happened. I guess yeah. when you were probably in junior high school. high high school right yep. yeah that was the, that transition point because now this idea of like you would watch everything on youtube like that's just the mm-hmm. the vimeo or whatever uh so yeah the idea of like everybody communally watching the same music videos and being able to talk about them uh mm-hmm. that that's gone away but i guess people still do like when that uh beyonce lemonade uh thing came out yeah, like a sure. year or two ago that was like a yeah. big deal for people who are into beyonce not me because yeah. i couldn't tell you a single beyonce song i don't know anything about her other than something, you don't know something, them single ladies something something be uh jay-z and he then there's cheating and it was all bad and people should care about it because they're famous uh that's all mm-hmm. i don't I, I don't know fucking anything i that's not my not my thing at all but uh yeah other than that though you don't really get the sense that there's like uh any real uh, one thing that everybody tunes into to be like, this is the music video selection mm-hmm. process. <laughs> and it was like, you know, hip hop doesn't exist in the, uh, much music countdown top 20 thing every Friday. That wasn't part of it. Uh, it was kind of everything else. 
Dude, there was no hip hop. I don't. Not even, no, there was like a. Well, hit, what there, about there, a little there, bit there, of rap, baby? There, I don't think I don't. I want to say that there really wasn't that much uh, in like it was everything else. Yeah. Everything else you could look at. I mean, I'm sure someone's like created lists of every single week because they've taped them all because there's like crazy yeah. people like that. But uh, yeah, I mean, there was like the, the hip hop had its own channel and of course or not channel but its own host and its own like thing and of course it was a black man uh, what? <laughs> of course because that's that's how it works right um anyway my god jared so beastie boys uh yeah i mean uh-huh. they are like i like the beastie boys in like enough s- single form like but yeah. they're, not, they're not like my music at all they're like yeah. i'm not like I'm like yeah they're fun uh, there's like that handful of songs that I'm like, yeah, these are great. I like listening. Like when I listen to like some of these songs, I'm like, yeah, this song is really good. Oh, this song. Mm-hmm. They always like, generally speaking, they always like, yeah, the, all their songs sound almost pretty good across the board. Mm-hmm. So, um, I guess the whole act of like, I mean, us talking about it, this is like a weird kind of thing on a criterion show. Cause like we've been at this point talking about movies as like singular kind of things. And sure. we can talk about it like for themes or characters, if we were bored or not. Um, this is like, kind of like, do we talk about each individual video? Cause I've made notes. I got some, mm-hmm. I got some, in, some Wikipedia notes that I pulled. I could throw out there. Um, mm-hmm. The, I guess the one thing I'll share is that like the vast majority of these are actually directed by uh beastie boy, Adam Yauk. Mm-hmm. As it's uh, not yacht, yock as yeah. yacht. Adam Yock, yeah, Wyrock, a- 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 MCA, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Of course, the three members, uh, and of course, uh, Adam Yock is the one who died in 2011 mm-hmm. uh, from cancer, which sucks because he was like the the real filmy guy, mm-hmm. as you can tell from the videos that he made, being a movie fan. And uh, I don't know when you want me to get to it. He has a Criterion top ten. Uh, you know what, man, whatever you feel comfortable okay. with, well, you well, just, uh, you hit it. I don't know how comfortable I feel about this. Okay. Anyway, so let's go through the music videos. First okay. up, they hit with a banger, Intergalactic. Mm-hmm. So Intergalactic, that is off of Hello Nasty, which I, yep. I can't believe it came out in 98, May 12th, 1998. Hmm. Uh or at least it was the first single from that album. I'm not sure when Hello Nasty actually rolled out. I feel like it was 99, but I don't know. Because uh, I kind of vaguely remember buying that like around the same time that I bought the Phantom Menace uh, original oh, score. Nice. <laughs> the original score? Yeah. You fucking that, that, nerd. That, well, there's no, what, the, the soundtrack? <laughs> Well, no, but why would you buy that anyways? Like, John you're Williams, like the movie, man. You're like, the movie's not enough. I need the original oh, score. I, I, bought the, I bought that score before the movie came out. I didn't even... My like, God. So you could, like, I don't know. That's what you... Man, I was so into Star Wars in 99. It's a far cry from Jared Duncan in 2018. Uh, you're, you're, the, you're the same nerd. You're just wearing different skin, pal. Yeah, that's right. The brain's the same. You know what same. I mean? Yeah. Uh... So, Intergalactic, some facts. The single hit number 28 on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100, making it the band's third top 40 single there. It also reached top five on the U.K. singles chart, where it remains the band's biggest hit in the country. The song received Mm -hmm. a Grammy Award for Best Rap Performance by a Duo or Group in 1999, and this is directed by Adam Yauch. Uh, Yeah, so this is a kaiju 
thing. Um, yes, it is. And I remember this being quite novel back in uh, the day. It was like, mm-hmm. whoa! It's like a it's a robot, but it's like a shitty robot in a big city, and they're like in cre- mm-hmm. they're in like safety equi- equipment running around Japan. Japan's crazy, and mm-hmm. then like a squid monster man, like Ella, the Power Rangers shows up, and there's a battle. Yep. Uh, and it's got a the song is great, very mm-hmm. listenable, fun, fun. RJ. It is fun. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, then with this, I don't know. Did you actually watch the? Uh, uh, I did the robot versus the octopus monster saga. Okay, so I did. Uh, I I pulled a little uh, internet magic and I created uh-huh. an entry uh-huh. for this on Letterbox so I could have this slotted in. Uh, we'll see how long it lasts mm-hmm. till the uh, fascists over at the uh, the movie database come along and stomp oh. it out because it's not right. a film. Uh, but uh, yeah, I watched Kinda it. Is. It's like a it's a nine minute short film. Uh, mm-hmm. It's the ex- extended version of the music video. It doesn't really do anything different uh, that mm-hmm. couldn't have been told in three minutes. But it's a thing that exists, and I watched it. Um, yep. Any things you want to add to Intergalactic? No, Intergalactic super cool. cool. Songs wicked. Uh, I like the people's reactions. There's an old lady who throws her groceries on the ground. That's really funny. Mm-hmm. No man, it's good. Okay. I like it. All right. Uh, next up is Shake Your Rump. And mm-hmm. uh, this track is off Paul's Boutique, which I, I think is generally considered their best album. Uh, okay. Even though, I guess, commercially it was their... Not 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 a hit. Well, so one of the crazy yep. things reading about the Beastie Boys uh, was that when Licensed to Ill, their first mm-hmm. like hip-hop album came out after they were like a hardcore punk band... Mm-hmm. Uh, it, they were like tr- touring with Madonna and opening for her, which is mm-hmm. like crazy. weird. Like that's like quite a jump. That, that's pretty nuts. So Paul, Paul's boutique was like the follow up to License Dale, which has got um oh god damn what's their what's their early early song uh but but fight for your right. Oh yeah. So uh, Shaker Rump. Uh, it is some vintage Beastie Boys sound uh mm-hmm. it is definitely like turning back the clock as far as like what they were doing um there's actually i'm not sure what the reason is but there's like none of like their early early music videos on this collection um which when i get to who hates this uh i'll oh. mention but uh yeah so shaker rum's like one of the earlier ones and this is off of paul's boutique um and here's uh an excerpt uh from wikipedia uh, with Adam uh, Yauk from Clash Magazine speaking about the album 20 Years On. So the Dust Brothers were uh, producers on this album. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Dust Brothers had a bunch of music together before we arrived to work with them. As a result, a lot of the tracks come from songs they'd planned to release to clubs as instrumentals. Shake Your Rump, for example. They'd put together some beats, bass lines, and guitar lines, all these loops together, and they were quite surprised when we said we wanted to rhyme on it because they <laughs> thought it was too dense. They offered to strip it down to just beats, but we wanted all that stuff on there. I think half the tracks were written when we got there, and the other half we wrote together. Uh, this is another Adam Yauk uh, video, and it is just the three of them... Uh, on a rooftop and footage of them just doing the Beastie Boys thing. Uh, yeah, just and, it's, and it kind of basically sets the formula for like uh, about half of these music videos yeah. where it's just the three of them because wow, how do you shoot three guys that rap? You just shoot them kind mm-hmm. of at this like high angle or sometimes low angles and they just, then they gesture at the camera. Pretty simple yeah. stuff. Good song. Yeah, it's good. 
Uh, there's a cat on a record player in this music video. There is pretty crazy. Yeah, I was like, pretty I was wondering crazy. if I should make that the uh, the creeps uh, icon this week. You could. Uh, you uh, could. I, I haven't decided yet on that. Uh, mm. Next up is the song "Gratitude," which is off their mm-hmm. album "Check Your Head," and this is just dudes walking around. <laughs> Uh yeah, this is the one in the desert, right? Yeah, the, kind of like yeah. cliffy, hilly things. They're just plain instruments. Yep. Uh, cool. And this is directed by a guy named David Perez. Uh, Ooh, I didn't. Soccer. I did. So I didn't like do, do, uh, dive into the commentary tracks on these. Um, yeah, because it's like whatever. <laughs> yeah. uh, next up was something's got to give. Uh, this is also mm-hmm. off. Check your head. This is directed by Ari Markopoulos, and it's just like uh, footage of war. It's a uh, just a bunch of footage yep. of war bombing, bomb stuff footage, like that. violence. It really makes you all think. the good stuff. Does did it make you think? Oh, uh, when I, I when I started this music video, I was asleep. Oh, but when it finished, I was woke. Whoa, <laughs> you did it. You know, you know what I mean. Is that what the kids say when they say that stuff? Is that what they mean? Y- yes, that they awoke. They just woke up. Yeah, of that a, is a out, theme, out, of a, though, out of a slumber. Out of a slumber. That is a theme, though. In a lot of these music videos, there's like mm-hmm. they show violence and like war footage and mm-hmm. like pollution type stuff. Yeah, not in a lot of them. In like two or three of them, they do. Right. So, cool. Uh, next up, Sure Shot. Yeah, classic, catchy Beastie Boys uh, song from our man. Uh, Yo, and uh, so this is off Ill Communication, and this is the first Spike Jones directed uh, film in the anthology. Mm-hmm. Uh, not much to say about the actual video itself. The song is just like I don't know. It's super catchy, very Beastie Boys. Yep. Um, I don't know. Again, like I'm I'm very ill equipped. Like like talking about dance. Uh, sure. I'm not like a musician. Um, mm-hmm. I don't pay attention to lyrics a lot because I find when I do, I realize how bad most lyrics are. And even the lyrics that people think are good, I think are bad. So it's just best if I just listen to the music and decide, does this music move me? Does it make me like respond in some way? Does it get me? Um, yeah. And I don't know. This like one a does, real chud. Like real chud. Yeah. Yeah, no, uh, this one, the only thing I would say about the video, um, it's a cool video because Spike Jones rules. Uh, there's just a really funny moment where they're all in like their tuxedos looking at each other and they all kind of do like a fist bump to each other. They're like, we did it. Yeah, there's like, yeah, so this, <laughs> it's okay, so, so it's that video. Yeah, it's got some like eh, music videoness to it, uh, which really. Well, it is a music video. It, it, yeah, I get, I get that, but it's like. Yeah. There's that line of like, oh, yeah, here's here's random footage of them swimming. I'm going to shoot mm-hmm. underwater. Because that's like totally a Spike Jones thing, a guy who was like f- shooting uh, skateboard kids and stuff like that. It feel This feels like the music video shot by a guy who was shooting uh, music. music videos and shooting skateboard right. videos. And not a sign of like the, the true genius of one Spike Jones. Uh, yeah, exactly. Next up, Hey Ladies. Uh, Make Noise. This song is like, I don't know. It's such a pleasure listening to this song, uh, that cowbell. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been a long time since I watched it. So, <coughs> speaking of music videos, so this is like early on in their uh, music. This is like from the you know late 80s, right? And it doesn't feel that old, but fuck, man. Mm-hmm. Watching this, this thing inspired so much bad shit. <laughs> 
like oh, like just I'm like, sure. like all the yeah. like bad bad things like all, all the lessons that were learned from this fucking thing i'm sure they're called mm-hmm. we'll do like hey ladies and it's like okay all right uh some, yeah. no, some notes here about hey ladies Hey Ladies is a song by American hip-hop group The Beastie Boys, featured on their album Paul's Boutique. It was the album's only charting single, hitting number 36 on the Billboard Hot 100. It is also the first single in history to chart in the top 20 of both the Billboard Hot Rap singles and Modern Rock Tracks charts, hitting number 10 on the former and 18 on the latter. The 12-inch record and CD versions of the single were released as an EP entitled Love American Style. A music video in the vein of Saturday Night Fever and the Dolomite series of black exploitation films was made for the song, and this was directed by Adam Bernstein. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, so this thing is like, it's a 70s pastiche, kind of before yes. that was like something that happened uh, that, that would take off in the 90s, maybe because of this music video. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of disco dancing. Yep, yep, and... Um, ridiculous suits and platform shoes and mm-hmm. uh, all yep, the good stuff all that stuff it's like kind of cheesy camp ball stuff nowadays mm-hmm. but that song very uh, very charming and mm-hmm. uh, sketchy good 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 dance song it captures disco-ness yeah. and uh, Beastie Boys is it mm-hmm. uh, and then the, the last song on the first disc is looking down the barrel of a gun uh, oh, right. This is off license to ill. And my biggest note about this is this music video is censored. Uh, like, mm-hmm. it's got, like, the swear words bleeped out. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, they, could, they couldn't find a better version of this? <laughs> like... Oh, it must have just been burnt in or something, eh? Like... I guess so. I mean... Because it was, cause at the time, they're like, well, this will only ever show on fucking tv so we have to censor out the swears yeah it's just kind of but but you think that like on the audio track that they're putting on this thing because this thing's got probably you know multiple you know multiple remixes and stuff like that it's like are those on all the remixes or is it just on the like music video version and that's the default track and so you get these like bleep outs like so when you watch this on youtube was it bleeped out as well did you notice any of those or i didn't i honestly didn't notice that it's quite quite possible that the version you watched was maybe like a better version than the one that uh, criterion had access to in 2000 i didn't notice that at all i was just kind of going with it because i was like maybe i missed that but i don't know i didn't realize that i watched all these too like i was paying attention so i don't i didn't notice any censoring right and so this bad boy is also directed by adam yalk Nice. Disc two. Uh, actually, I'm, I'm not actually. Maybe I'm wrong on that. <laughs> I didn't actually keep I track of it. Because it's like yeah. it's kind of split evenly. So maybe I'm jumping up one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So was body moving the last one? Maybe. Yeah. I or think actually, so. a sabotage would be the first. So anyway, whatever. Ignore me. Both the discs. I didn't actually keep yeah. track of it. It just felt like, oh, that seems to be enough music videos for one disc. Uh, yeah. Then yeah, body moving. This is off. Yeah. Hello, nasty. And uh, it's kind of funny watching Body Moving now because mm-hmm. when I first watched this, I had no idea what Mario Bava was and I didn't right. know what Danger Diabolique was. Other than I knew when I was watching it, there was like real movie footage in there. And I even like mm-hmm. at a young age, I could tell that's like real. That's like a real movie. What movie is this? Um, I, one thing I'll mention too, maybe while we're uh, at this point is uh, one of the gr- ways that, that my introduction to the art of music videos was... 100% uh, Beavis and Butthead. 
Oh, nice. Uh, like, I don't know, Nerd. like, was Beavis and Butthead a thing when you were a kid that you could watch? Or was it, like, already off the mm, air? And No, I wasn't. It was out of fashion by the time I was there. There was a uh, video game that I played, Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> yes, there was. Uh, so I remember yeah. that, but uh, the show, not so much. So, so you've never watched Beavis and Butthead? I've seen some now, but like when I was a kid, it wasn't really. Um, oh boy! I don't think it was popular anymore when I was. Yeah, of age. It, it might have been too dangerous for you to watch at that age, or in your older siblings. No, I had I had care. no rules, man. No rules. Yeah, no uh, rules. I, I loved that Beavis and Butthead. Uh, uh-huh. They're they're brilliant. Uh, probably the I, I love the animated shorts, but uh, I think most people have the most nostalgia for their music video commentaries. mm Hmm. Which is like where I saw a lot of this stuff for the first time, I think. And uh, yeah, body moving. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's obviously a homage to uh, Mario Bava's Danger by Diabolique, which is a public domain film. Uh, because however things got released, it just got released that way. So mm-hmm. anyone could watch it. Uh, it's a movie that I wound up watching a few years ago. And it's like, oh, this movie's like pretty boring and like Italian spy stuff, which never appeals to me at all but it's got some really visually nice stuff obviously um and man so the decapitation scene in this music video i've seen so many times because they would play it all the time on much music like it was like er every like packaging about like anything they throw that decapitation in there like Mm -hmm. it just was a go-to and there are things like i think about (laughs) all the time when it comes to this music video uh i don't even think it's like a great song like it's it's good but it's not like i don't love it and uh but there's like stuff in this music video and it's like kind mm-hmm. of a, it's even kind of a slow music video <laughs> like it's yep. like it's, it tells this whole long story you're like okay i mean back in the day it was like pretty innovative and pretty groundbreaking and it's definitely like one of those iconic music videos but yeah so the falling out of the plane <laughs> i like yeah that, that when, I, when i imagine like shooting a scene where two people fall out of a plane and they start fighting in midair uh like that mm-hmm. is like from this and also that bird flying into the plane into the guy's face and him going back into the circuitry and it explodes mm-hmm. i like that stuff i i don't i still think it's pretty goddamn funny uh and it's so goofy um and there's like that final shot of uh just eating that like batter <laughs> It's like fondue. Yeah, the fondue, yeah. But yeah, that bird coming in is awesome. I, I think that is really funny. And yep. then the fondue. Yeah, I, I think it's music video rules. Yeah. I like the song too. Like, it's catchy. Like a lot of the other ones, yep. you just kind of, you vibe, man. Right, right, right. You're slave to the groove. Adam Yauk again. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then the the final track, the final video on disc one. So what you want. Mm. Uh, this is off Check Your Head. Yeah. Uh, Woodlands and video filter shit. Uh, mm-hmm. This is conceptually and visually blah. This is <laughs> there's yeah. like nothing to write home about with this. Adam Yalk, this is a, a real swing in the miss for him. Uh, but I don't know. Again, it's the the idea of like, oh, here's a shot of three guys and they're talking at the camera. This time from a low angle, and we're going to use a bunch mm-hmm. of video filters. And I seen like in the thing on Wikipedia saying, yeah, there's references to Wolfman and like the Predator like night vision thing. And I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. That has nothing to do with this at all. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you know, it's a mixed bag. It's a mixed bag. A little bit mixed. Okay. Uh, which brings us to disc two, which is the one I definitely got the most mileage out of. Yeah. Because of the first video on here, which is Sabotage. Uh, mm-hmm. And this is from Ill Communication. 
And uh, my note here to myself was, oh, hey, thanks, J.J. Abrams, for ruining this song for me. Uh, because old J.J. was like, you know oh. what? I need this to be in Star Trek because I think it would be funny. Yeah. And uh, make some jokes about tw- classic 20th century music. <laughs> and then, oh, we're going to use it again in Star Trek Three. <laughs> He's going to use it to distract people because sabotage, right? Uh, so, yeah, despite that, uh, yeah, this this is the, the, the awesomest. Uh, mm-hmm. this holds up so well. Uh, it moves so fast. Uh, I, I was kind of afraid watching it again, being like, oh boy, this is going <laughs> to, this is probably isn't aged well. It's not going to live up to my memories, inspiring generations of people, mm-hmm. I think, to make their own stuff. Uh, like definitely did to me. I, I, man, I watched this a lot. Uh, yeah. And there's a reason why this, like the sabotage, like visuals are like the featured image of the collection, uh, that this is on. Because it's like iconic. So uh, this is directed by Spike Jones, and some notes about it here mm-hmm. off of Wikipedia. The song features traditional rock instrumentation, uh, turntable scratches, heavily distorted bass guitar riffs, and lead vocals by Ad Rock. A moderate commercial success, the song was notable as well for its video, directed by Spike Jones, and nominated in five categories as the 19 at the 1994 MTV Music Video Awards. Mm-hmm. In 2000, Rolling Stone magazine ranked Sabotage 480th on their list of the 500 greatest songs of all time. In March 2005, Q magazine placed it at number 46 in its list of the 100 greatest guitar ri- tracks and it was ranked number 19 on VH1's 100 greatest songs of the 90s list. Pitchfork Media included the song at number 39 on their top 200 tracks in the 90s list. Uh, I agree with all those things. This, mm-hmm. this song, it's it's a great song but, you know, I, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll play it on the podcast. The, what? This, the, what is it? Okay, so there's this thing. I I, look, I typed in Sabotage Beastie Boys, just looking up, I want to see if there's any covers of it. And I saw there was this David Letterman uh, segment that when they played Letterman, and he introduces them, uh-huh. and it's like them playing guitars. It gets them actually like not just doing Beastie Boys stuff, it's like them actually doing the instrumentation. Yeah. And I was like, huh. And I was listening to it, and it really hit me. I'm like, oh my God, this song inspired so much shitty fucking music. Our next guests are are Fly, Fresh, Dope, and Fat. Uh, Their new CD, of which I have a copy right here, Ill Communication, entered the charts at number one. Uh, Now they're part of the big Lollapalooza tour. Ladies and gentlemen, here they are, Beastie Boys. It's just fucking funk rock, and I was like, "Ugh!" <laughs> like, I, I it's yeah, like, but it's, you can't be mad at oh, them. Oh, I know. For no, I still, I still. Oh, I know, I know. But I was like, "Oh God, this song is like guilty of like fucking." I don't know. I am not a fan of uh, that funk metal sound. 
And mm. uh, this song is like, I'm like, fuck, this is like their funk metal song. But like all their songs kind of jump around genres. That's kind of their thing. But this song just like, it probably made a lot of people mm-hmm. like, yeah, I want that sound every single time. <laughs> uh. <laughs> okay, uh, another note here. Uh, during REM lead singer Michael Stipe's acceptance speech for the Best Direction Award uh, in for the 1994 Music Video Awards, Beastie Boys member uh, Adam Yock bum-rushed the stage in his Nathaniel Hornblower disguise. That's one thing I should stress is, yeah, he goes by Nathaniel Hornblower as the alias on all this stuff. He interrupts Stipe's uh, speech. He just, like, goes up before he even says a word to protest the shutout of Sabotage from every category it was nominated in. So I mm-hmm. looked up a video of that, and it's just like, oh, he's, like, in this, like, like Switzerland stereotype thing with lederhosen and a big cod pipe and doing this like funny accent. It's mm-hmm. like so mid nineties. <laughs> like it's just like ah uh, yeah, that was really cutting edge, but it's so safe and like inoffensive. But it's like I can't even like nowadays like uh, I can't even. It'd be so it's so contrived. But at the time, it was like what's going on? REM. <laughs> This is an outrage because Spike is the director that has just, I'm from Switzerland, okay? Let me just tell everyone that. And, and since I was a small boy, I had dreamed that Spike would win this. And now this has happened. And I just want to tell everyone that this is a farce, that I had all the ideas for Star Wars and everything. Wow. <laughs> we um I have no I have no idea what that I, I think that was Cindy Lauper, but I'm not sure. I can't believe it. It happened before my very eyes, says Michael Stipe, and I was like, Okay. All right, you workers. Yeah. Did you tell him to cool it a little bit? I, I told him Say, to cool s- it. simmer down. Yeah, cool it, lady. Yeah. So uh yeah. You got anything to add here about Sabotage, their most iconic video? Sabotage is awesome. <laughs> Sounds good. That's that's it's awesome, man. Uh, I we said we were talking about it later, but um, so that uh, the Spike Lee music video collection, or not Spike Lee? What am I talking about? The Spike Jones music collection. That's uh one of my prized possessions as well. Uh, that is a constant and frequent um, pick for me for any time people come over. I just throw that in in the background. And uh, a lot of the time people just get distracted. They're like, oh, fuck. These are some cool music videos. And it's like, oh, yeah, they're all cool, man. So uh, that Spike Jones thing is like my one of my favorite things ever. And uh, Sabotage on there. I've seen it so like so many fucking times. It's wicked. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's wicked. Pretty, pretty damn good. Um yep. That's followed up with Shadrock. Um, oh, from, yeah, that great one. Yeah, from Paul's Boutique. Huh. Yeah. I have no memories of this at all and probably <laughs> won't remember it when we record either. The animated one. Uh, yep. Yep. Uh, that's about it. Uh, yep. Directed by Adam Yonk. This is a skip. Uh, that's fine. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Uh, that's next fine. up, though, is 3MCs and 1DJ. Uh, this is off Hello Nasty, and mm-hmm. I think this is a pretty great music video, and uh, was probably ripped it's off awesome. an awful lot. 
yeah. by like everybody to this day, especially in vlogger land and like, oh, 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 okay, go essentially just like to me, just ripped yeah. that off with their treadmill video and stuff like that. Uh, it's different, but it's like this idea of like this totally stripped down, elegant, simplistic music video. Yeah. Uh, that, like, I think it's like it holds up really well. The uh, the buildup for this one is immense, mm-hmm. and uh, then it's just fucking in your face. It's hot action. Yeah. It's wicked. I really like this one too. Yeah, I think this is like yep. uh, for like the the three man thing that they yeah. do. This is the best of that, oh, fuck of yeah. that style, like one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a great great video, and I kind of forgot about it because when I saw him like three three MCs and one DJ, I'm like, oh, I remember the song, but I couldn't remember the video. And then it started, and I'm like, oh right, this one with the triangle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, this one's good. <laughs> uh, next up is Ricky's theme uh, from Ilka Communication. This is right. also this is a Spike Jones number, and you know it is Spike Jones because it has young men disguised as old men, and the old, old men. men are doing young men things. So yep. yeah, uh, this is like before Jackass and before like you get those like state of the art makeup effects where you can like mm-hmm. make young men really look like old men, like kind of like amazingly to me anyway. I think I think that stuff is like awesome. Like even yeah. watching like Bad Grandpa, whatever it was called. Uh, uh, I thought that stuff was neat i've always i enjoyed mm-hmm. i enjoyed that jackass uh and so does spike jones as he's you, been like the yeah. executive producer and whatever for that stuff forever and ever uh any thoughts on ricky's theme it's kind of just there it's just there yeah. it's just there much like the rest of the music videos i think yeah <laughs> okay. you, you can uh you yeah. can take that however you want but uh, yeah that's no that's uh, that's about right uh yeah. next up is pass the mic ah yes these deep cuts that i have no memory at all because we've just yep. bought this dvd for sabotage <laughs> uh yes. this is my next note and then holy snappers which is like this punk rock thing from out of fucking nowhere. Um, mm-hmm. So this is like, I don't know. I guess it's included just to be like, Hey, Beastie Boys were uh, a punk band. You remember back in 1982? Uh, this is off, uh, I guess yeah. like some like release of theirs called Polywog Stew. Um, and whatever. This is just like found footage stuff that they threw together. And it's like, it's a music video, call it a day. And they moved on. Uh, and then root down from ill communication directed by Evan Bernard. Uh, my note here is this certainly feels like the most conventional music video. Like it's just shots of them at a concert yeah. doing like, Hey, we're singing. Uh, that's about it. And then Nettie's girl from check your head. This, so this is directed by Tamara Davis. Uh, this has a real outsider music vibe. Um, mm-hmm. because it's just, I don't even sure which one it is. Uh, it's just like him singing, and there's a half mannered way, and this is footage of him like on one like on in like Central Park on that like one of those little boats, and he's singing a song. Yeah, uh, Nettie's girl, and <laughs> it's like and an, that's, it's a, that's that's it. That's what it is. It's just like an yeah. odd little thing thrown on there, and then uh-huh. uh, this too wraps up with Alive, and this yeah. is off the Beastie Boys anthology, Sound of Science, uh, and I guess like. Probably mm-hmm. it was like, oh hey, this just came out. We gotta put this on the DVD too. Um, yeah. And so my note here is music videos. Am I right? And this is kind of like, right? and this is like kind of like, uh, and then did they ever do a music video good ever again after this point? <laughs> and I mean, their career kind of like just petered off from this because uh, one yeah. of them dies, uh, and that that definitely put the end to the Beastie Boys as a project. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know your your thoughts, RJ. Uh, I liked watching these. It was, as you said, it was a refreshing little break. 
just a nice little hour that you could pop through there and uh i don't know some of them it's like i said i've seen a lot of those music videos many many times yeah but uh watching them again i was like oh yeah i remember why i watched these so much right they fucking rule and then there's other ones that are just there but it's like man you can't just put out fucking 20 minute uh dvd with sabotage body moving and uh, intergalactic on it so i mean i'm looking over here and i'd say that there are seven like good like very strong videos on here and there's like out of 18 so i mean in terms (laughs) of like releases and like whatnot it's kind of like if you're not a fan, like what you're not yeah. gonna buy this. Um, and nowadays with YouTube and the fact that you can just like pull up any one of these music videos and watch them, and if you really want to copy, you could just rip them. Mm-hmm. I, I guess you want if you want to support the band. I mean, but it's so readily available, it's just out there. I mean, I'm sure the Beastie Boys even have like a page and they just put these videos on there. It's kind of like it's kind of like at this point yeah. hard to justify. I mean, there's like some neat things on the DVD, like uh, for sabotage. There's like the like in character interviews they do with the the actors that are yeah. the characters in the TV cool. show and stuff like that. There's like those little details. Um, so, I mean, if you're a real Sabbath, big, big sabotage fan, you probably already own this. Cause you're just like, oh, I got to have everything related to it now. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's like the, that's probably like the, that's like a five star all time banger video. And then mm-hmm. you have intergalactic, uh, and oh, I guess, Hey ladies, body moving, mm-hmm. uh, and three MCs, one DJ. Those are like kind of like, yeah, these are really good music videos. Um, and everything else yeah. is kind of like, you know, it just descends from that to like, totally, why would you watch this? Just listen to the album with that song on it. Yeah. So it's like but, borderline recommend, I guess. Like, it's weird. Like, I feel like conflicted about it because like, yep. I have a lot of nostalgia for it. I'm like, I'm glad I have it. I mean, I'm like, mm-hmm. cool. I, I'm, I'm glad I still have it. The, the poster artwork for it's nice and stuff like that. But at the same time, it's like, it's a weird it's it's like neat that it's in the criterion but it's an odd duck too it's yeah it's cool that it's here but at the same time it's like i wonder why um i guess at the time i guess it was like a different thing for them to do and they're like hey let's do it for spine 100 and i'm sure there's like there's some real butthurt cinephiles to this day who are like i refuse to purchase it it's a hole in my collection and i'm very proud (laughs) it's like yeah it's like cheap guys come on just go fucking buy it um okay so right now i will run through uh adam yalk's top 10 uh that's on the criterion website uh, I'll just run through here. Adam Yalk is a founding member member of the Beastie Boys. Recently, he created a new division of his company, Oscilloscope Laboratories, called Oscilloscope Pictures, uh, for the sole purpose of distributing films. He even hired two guys from Think Film to come over to his new company. At first, we were a little concerned that Adam intended to compete with Criterion, but then we thought it over, and honestly, we have been doing this for a long time, and we are not threatened by Adam's new company. <laughs> uh, the groundbreaking DVD, the Beastie Boys video anthology, is currently available from the Criterion collection. So right here, that proves we have the upper hand. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'll go in reverse order. Number 10, The Life Aquatic with Steve Sisu. Nice. Sometimes I get free DVDs from Criterion, but not always. I wanted to get one of each, you know, like the whole collection, but they said, no, Adam, we don't do that. Number <laughs> nine, Rashomon. Nice. When I, when, when I was hanging out there, Heather was working on the audio, but now she switched <laughs> over to some other department. So there's this, like, ongoing story. Maybe I'm ruining it by reading it backwards. <laughs> Probably. Uh, maybe I'll start at the top. Okay. Number one, RJ, Seven Samurai. Ooh shit! Come on, I gotta tell why. I got I gotta tell why this movie is good. You tell me. 
Number two, walkabout. No, come on. Saw this one when I was in junior high, and it stayed with me. Glad to see it in the collection. Number three, Knights of Kiberia. I don't know what to write. I just love this movie. All right, whatever. Number four, Yojimbo. I guess you have figured out by now that I'm really not going to give uh, a review of any of these films that I picked. Number five, Sanjuro. But I do like the folks up at the Criterion Collection. Those are my people up in there. Number six, Rushmore. They are a really great team. That's some bugged out esoteric shit. Number seven, and God Created Woman. Peter is like the bigwig. He's the head honcho. Number eight, The Harder They Come. Susan has her ear to the street. She always looks for some interesting stuff. I know. And then number nine, Rashomon. Number ten, Life Aquatic with Steve Sisu. Okay. Yeah, uh, pretty solid picks. Uh, yeah, especially that walkabout, Arge. Oh, except, I yeah, come on. Okay. That movie sucks. <laughs> okay, Arge. So, since this movie has a total of, uh, I think, like three reviews on Letterbox, Letterbox <laughs> is going to help me by telling me who hates this. However, yeah. I thought to myself, hmm, where do like troglodytes gather to like give their feedbacks about things and i was like aha to amazon.com so oh no over on amazon.com we got ourselves some reviews uh this is one out of five stars a mustache on the mona lisa by a customer from november 26 2001 in my opinion, these DVDs were ruined by the decision to censor their lyrics. While I don't need to hear every fuck and shit, which they've censored out themselves, mm-hmm. the generally poor methods of editing them out completely disrupt the flow of the music. Shame on Criterion and the Beastie Boys for choosing market share over freedom of expression. You <laughs> Settle down, man. One out of five stars. Where are the license to ill songs? from Charles F. Held from June 23rd, 2006. There's absolutely no reason for leaving Fight for Your Right, No Sleep Till Brooklyn, Brass Monkey, or other Beastie Boy hits off this. What's next? A Prince anthology with nothing off Purple Rain? A Madonna box set that leaves Mm -hmm. out Like a Virgin? Paul McCartney renouncing Yesterday? Criterion does movie releases so well. Okay, they had to re-release Charade because the first version wasn't anamorphic, but one has to wonder what the heck happened here. It's insane to think someone actually approved the final version of this product. Who cares about 45 different versions of Shadrach if the LTI songs are MIA? Get solid gold hits instead. That CD DVD set has the stuff that made the Beasties famous. And one, Mm. one out of five stars... Missing the only good Beastie videos, exclamation mark, times 20. This is by a customer, October 7th, 2003. Where in God's name are Fight for Your Right and No Sleep Till Brooklyn? Frankly, those are the only Beastie songs that don't make me want to hurt. And without them, this anthology is worth crap. Like, shut up. Like, who gives a shit if your favorite song was left off of there? By the way, I don't think Fight for Your Right is that good. I would prefer many of their other songs. That song's kind of annoying. Yeah. So, fuck these people. These people suck. Yeah. Bro. Bro. Uh, Hey, RJ, you you want to do one last thing? Uh, It depends. It depends on if you did this or not. Oh, yeah, I did. Okay. RJ, uh, you want to do our our top five favorite music videos of all times? (laughs) 
for now. Lay it on, lay it on me, big dog. Well, you start. You tell me you're number five. I, I'm going to give so, you... Uh, actually, yeah, you can run through yours, because like, I'm sure there might even be some crossover, and I'd like to maybe like tr- uh, spruce it up a little bit, but who knows? So, oh, so maybe okay. well, you, do, you do your top five, and then I'll uh, edit and kind of decide from that. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I didn't include them, but uh, intergalactic body moving and uh, sabotage are all three of some of my favorites. But I, I felt like we, we were talking about them enough. Uh, I just want to say uh, there are a couple of honorable mentions. Um, Fatboy Slim's Praise You and Weapon of Choice. Mm-hmm. Very good. Uh, California Love by my man Tupac. Uh, that's the Mad Max uh, video. Uh, that one is super good. And uh, a big standing ovation, or er, standing, a big honorable mention to uh, Standing Outside the Fire by my man Garth Brooks. <laughs> uh, people might think that's a joke. I was told earlier that that is insensitive for me to say, but uh, I actually think that is a good music video, and I don't fucking care. If you if you think it's insensitive, that's your own problem. It's, it's, I th- so, it's so good they can't even put it on YouTube. It can't. It. it you know how hard that fucking video was to find. I know. It took me like three searches. So, anyways, uh, yeah. So I wrote down five, and I'm gonna give them to you in no particular order. Okay. So, uh, first up, uh, off of the Spike Jones collection, uh, Da Funk by Daft Punk. Yep. Uh, so you know that music video, I'm guessing, right? With, with the dog man in a trench The coat. dog man walking around with his uh, stereo. Yep. Um, what I love about that music video is that the music doesn't even matter. Uh, you're just watching this like four-minute short film about this dog man because he's just like having conversations with people and stuff, and you can barely hear the music. I think that's amazing. Yeah. I think that's awesome. Uh, next up, uh, Fell in Love with a Girl. Uh, by the White Stripes. I believe that is Michel Gondry yes. off of his collection. Uh, that's the Lego one. Yep. Uh, that was before a lot of people were ripping that off and making little Lego uh, stop motion films. Yep. Uh, like, another like, one? Like Lego Batman? Like Lego Batman, sure. Uh, another one is uh, Hapipola by Sigur Ross. Um, this music video is special to me. Because one day when I was in high school or junior high or something, I fell asleep on the couch and I woke up at like 2 a.m. and uh, much music was on and this music video was playing of all these old people running around uh, playing tricks on like little kids. They were like throwing water balloons at little kids and stuff like that. And it was this music I'd never heard before and it was in a different language. And I was just like, what is this? And uh, then I found, um, I saw that it was this weird song called Hapipola by a band called Cigar Ross. Mm. And uh, they became one of my favorite bands ever. So uh, that one is, uh, I think, very cool. Uh, Next up, I have Do the Evolution by Pearl Jam, uh, which even if you don't like Pearl Jam, you can't lie that that music video isn't cool. It's like the anime one going through like time and stuff like that. It's got like, uh, the settlers, um, giving the, uh, the indigenous folk, uh, smallpox blankets and then dudes in porn chairs, which is where it's leading. Apparently, uh, guys jumping out of start stock market stuff. That music video is super cool. That's, that's probably my favorite. Um, I got one left, though. So that one's probably my favorite. Um, and this one was a hard one for me, too. Uh, so I really like the Smashing Pumpkins. 
Mm-hmm. And I think they have awesome music videos like uh, Tonight Tonight, which is like uh, that uh, George Malay uh, movie. Yep. Um, 1979, which is an amazing music video where they just gave those kids a bunch of cameras and let them kind of go do whatever. But I have to say my favorite Smash Pumpkins music video is Ava Adore because that is the music video that sparked the rumor that Billy Corgan's arms were longer than his legs, that he had gorilla arms. And when I remember I first heard that, I was like, come on. I was like, that's not real. And then I watched Ava Adore, and I was like, holy fuck. I was like, Billy Corgan's arms are longer than his legs. Uh, and that's nuts. That music video is really cool on top of that. Like, do, do you know Ava Adore? It's like, it's kind of like a behind, uh, it's like an F for fake uh, style music video where you're you see the track of the camera moving and you see the sets pass and stuff like that mm-hmm. and then it kind of shows what they're doing but uh, that that one is really cool because oh so many reasons so uh, those, those are some of my favorite music videos any crossover uh, why well, I, I took off um, uh, the funk like, that, that wasn't like on my that was like a working yeah. list thing. So my list, RJ. Uh, mm-hmm. So because it's music videos, you gotta have Spike Jones, and I've gotta say, I mean, I like that sabotage. Mm-hmm. I even have a soft spot for that uh, Buddy Holly by the Weezer, but oh, uh, yeah. hands down, probably one of my all-time favorite music videos, amongst many other people, is "Praise You" by Fatboy Slim. Yeah, it's yeah. isn't it amazing? It like I remember like the first time seeing that thing. And I was like, yep. holy crap, like, this is everything I want. This is, like, so good. And I remember watching mm-hmm. it, and, like, every week it, it went up and up that chart because everyone was on the same wavelength and being like, this is really cool. And mm-hmm. I remember, like, uh, watching it with my parents in a hotel room while we were in, like, uh, Edmonton or Creepy. something like that. And being like, hey, guys, you got to watch this. What, you didn't stay with your parents ever in a hotel room, RJ? Nope. No, I never left my house. See, ever. You, you'll never relate to the Florida Project experience. Uh, okay, keep going. <laughs> okay, praise so, you. Praise you, awesome. Uh, yes, I mean, so I, cool. I assume you've probably watched it at this point, folks. Uh, and it talks about B boys. So, mm-hmm. uh, uh, for not being the biggest Radiohead fan, I have to say uh-huh. that Karma Police, I think, is like one of those like super iconic. 90s music videos for me mm-hmm. um just like the man running away from the car and there's like no explanation of what that is yeah. and it's just like the camera floating back and forth to tom york who was also brought up earlier on this cast mm-hmm. uh so i've always liked that a lot um this is going to turn into like not even a top five i'll just be like here's a bunch of music videos I like uh i'm oh, i'm a fan of uh fiona apple's criminal I think that's a really cool uh, music video. It's very similar yeah. to Karma Police in a lot of ways. Uh, same era, but uh, Fiona Apple's just got like that like perfect look of like a like kind of like a star. Great voice, mm-hmm. and the music videos got this like kind of like weird like Polaroid film like crime footage sort of thing going on. I don't know if I'm familiar with that one. Oh, it's yeah. Uh, I, I'm Fiona. I, I'm a big Fiona Apple fan. Like, what I was the song called? Criminal. Criminal. It's, that's for like probably most famous song i'm surprised you oh know. yeah fuck yeah as soon as i saw that thumbnail it's like i got it. yeah. yeah 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 so that, yeah. That, that's a video i like sexy uh, I'm, I'm a i'm a you could call i'm a basic bitch for music uh sure so uh blur coffee and tv that's uh yeah rj's tending to his cat i'm listening keep yeah. going you, you know blur's coffee and tv 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know yeah. Blur. <laughs> yeah. Come on, bra. Bra. Uh, bra. A deeper cut uh, is from it's Die. It's D-Y-E. And there's this song there. It's called Fantasy. And it's okay. this, is, this is recent. This is like from a few years ago. It's like an it's like kind of in a pseudo anime style. And it's like it does a Lovecraftian horror better than most movies do. Uh, it's really it's like kind of like it follows in Lovecraft horror and anime all thrown together. It's 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 pretty interesting. It, it's, there's a reason why it's on the internet and would never air on television. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also. Uh, big bjork fan in my later oh, days you nerd i love i i i, I used to be like mm, bjork but bjork's, uh-huh. bjork's pretty good and i'd say that like probably uh the one that i when i think of like bjork music videos i really mm-hmm. like human behavior the one with the the bear yeah i i don't know it's not probably your best song but it's like when i think mm-hmm. of bjork and i'm like i remember being like man what a strange thing and great singer uh and then, yeah, again, I'm not really breaking my rules of top five because here's a bunch of music videos I like. And I made a list of uh, Bat for Lashes. What's a girl to do? It's a pretty good video. It's also got this. It's very similar, actually, to Karma Police and Criminal in a lot of ways. Are you familiar with Bat for Lashes? Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay. I, I really had to think about that for a second. It, it's, but no. it's, it's like Donnie Darko. <laughs> it's like okay. it's very similar to that. Uh, are you familiar with Justice? No. Oh, so they're God. I thought you were a okay. basic okay, bitch. Okay, okay, okay. You've got to watch this. Is so this is like uh, an awesome fucking music video because uh, you were always talking about getting your pump on and like fucking music <laughs> that's going to get you into a place. You Am watch I? Justice. Justice is stress. Oh uh-huh. man, dude, that music video is fucking intense, and that song is fucking mm. awesome. It oh, all time. That's a classic fucking video that not a lot of people know. Uh, and then to another degree, and this Clearly. is kind of stepping back a little bit to uh, uh, Michelle Gondry, uh, Kylie yeah. Minogue's "Come to My World." Ah, that video see? is a technical feat. Uh, I I I I've watched it and I've seen like explanations of how that was made, but it still blows me mm. away. Um, <laughs> And you know what? Uh, what? I'm sorry, just to interrupt. Uh, it seems like you and me, uh, somewhat uh, serendipitously, were watching those Spike Jones and Michelle Gondry music video collections at the same time. Because uh, about three out of five of both of ours were from oh, those. Like I said, like those, those two things. Well, I think like Spike Jones and Michelle Gondry kind of like defined what music videos could be uh, in a yeah. lot of ways because they were just so creative and different than everything else. Uh, yeah. They were fun, enjoyable, and they had some technical aspect to it or visual thing. Uh, and it's like what music videos should aspire to be. Um, one, yeah. one last one. This is kind of like sure. on that electronic wave uh, that goes oh, with uh, Die and uh, Justice. Uh, yeah. But Mr. Oizo, uh, he is nerd. <laughs> he has this incredible music video called Ham. And it, and it stars our boy, John C. Riley. Uh, oh, nice. And uh, I guess I could post some of these on the Facebook page, but you should 100% check out uh, Mr. Oizo Ham. Uh, and post Justice that on Stretch. the Facebook page. Okay, I will. And you got to watch it because it's like, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's rad. Cause it's, uh, that, Mr. Oizo's Ham, it's uh, directed by uh, Eric Werheim of Tim and Eric. Should we post standing outside the fire on uh, our Facebook page? <laughs> if you wanna. I was told to. Re- I had that posted before. I was told to remove it as it was uh, insensitive. By, by uh, by your lady friend. By my partner. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she didn't understand my attachment to it. But uh, <laughs> oh, I was gonna man. say you brought up Radiohead. I forgot. 
My favorite Radiohead music video is No Surprises. It's just Tom York's face, and he's in like a spacesuit helmet, like a like a scuba helmet, and it's just filling with water. And that, and then it oh, okay. gets to the top, and then he can't breathe, and then it goes all yes. the way down to the bottom, and he's just singing the song the whole time. That is a wicked music video. Yep. Wicked, wicked good. Wicked. And uh, I, I didn't bring up Modest Mouse, but I think my favorite is the whale song. That music video is really cool. And um, one you would like is Satellite Skin. That's got some weird, like, uh, Lynch, fucking uh, creepy old man from the Florida Project type stuff in it. So. Right. Yeah, I could talk about music videos all day, maybe. We sure no, could, but we have for a while. <laughs> okay, that's that. We're calling it quits. Okay, yep. uh, hey, after the break, uh, we're going to not be talking anymore. How does that sound? I got the brand new dude, do guarantees like you who I'm on like that to John. Yeah, Mr. Zuzu, I'm a newlywed. I'm not a divorcee, and everything I do is fucking like Lee Torsey. Yeah. Well, it's the taking of the Pelham one, two, three. Check. If you want to do the rhyme, then come see me. I got the savoir faire with the unique rhyming. I keep it on and on, it's never quitting time. Strictly handheld is the style of go. Never rock the mic with the pantyhose. The strap on my ear goggles, and I'm ready to go. Cause at the boards, it's the man they call him Mario. Pull up at the function and you know I Kojak To all the funny people that are on my Bozak I got more action than my man John Moe And I got mad hits like I was Rod Carew Because you can't You won't And you don't stop, stop. Because you can't You won't And you don't stop You know you can't You won't And you don't stop So this has got to be a record for... This is the longest episode we've ever had Yep, and it wasn't planned that way at all I figured it would I It was just because I watched way more movies than normal Yep that's honestly all it was. You got all those opinions. Mm, you need you needed to be heard on those. Yeah, they were they were Oscar movies. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can email us at criterioncreeps at gmail and tell us if you ever want to listen to us talk for like three hours ever again. Uh, we've got a Facebook page. We're we're going to post some of those music videos we talked about, I guess, over there. We're on Instagram. Uh, maybe we'll post something on there again uh we're on Maybe. we're on letterboxd uh i'm jared duncan he's barn loaf you can now check out my uh first 100 criterions ranked it and, sucks <laughs> yep so save yourself a trip uh, yeah. we're on soundcloud we're on stitcher and itunes and google play and all that fun stuff uh and next week spine number oh, yeah. 101 things are getting proper here at last again some decorum cries and whispers from 1972 directed by ingmar bergman the way it's supposed to be and uh, i've never seen this before and i uh ordered the blu-ray of it months ago in preparation for it so i'm excited hopefully it doesn't shit the bed Yeah, I'm uh, I'm jacked, man. Uh, I I like. When is Ingmar Bergman shit the bed? Other Magic than flute. troll, troll Jurgen. Yeah, that don't count. Yeah, that one stink. That one don't count, that's, dude. That's, that's the miss. It was, it's not even like a yeah. real movie. Yeah. Get. Yeah. Hey, let's leave because we've been talking for like eight fucking hours. Yeah. Shut the fuck up, RJ. Mm. Mm. Go go tend to the lady. It's Valentine's Day. Ooh, gross. <laughs>